Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly D. All right, it's me, Dr. Fucking Spoil Rotten temp, Temper Tantrum Bitch. For this episode, and with me is oh yeah, <laughs> Ian Wadley, the guy I think the cure kicks ass. That's right. Yeah, we're doing the cure this week. Yes, this was the episode you heard. I, I was uh, crying about all this time that I wouldn't say what it was that Nate paid for. Uh, I don't know, but if you hate on this album anymore, I'm gonna cry and it's gonna ruin my mascara. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> or, or or just have a girl wrap her legs around. Me. Ooh. Oh, you'll hear that one later. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what's up? Not much, not much, man. Uh, yeah, this one's with, with Nate's going to be joining us later in the in the broadcast. But uh, <laughs> you said broad. <laughs> That's what you two are—a bunch of broads. And all, and everybody that loves the cure, you're a bunch of broads. We're Once a- you hear what I got to say, you're going to fucking have to put a tampon in your. <laughs> oh well we got something a little bit different this week uh don't have new itunes but i do have podbean reviews that were sent to me from uh dj mick or dj mac james mccormick and i guess these are reviews that are on the uh the podbean app that uh i gave up on because i didn't find it very user friendly i use podcast Attic. Anyway, these are reviews, and I have no idea if these are, like, people from the, the UK or Podbean's all over the country, so uh, I'm just going to read them. This one, <laughs> there's no way to pronounce it, so I'm just going to say P-S-H-Q-E-T. They left us a five-star review entitled Awesome, which says, and I quote, the best podcast out there for your rock and metal needs. No needles needed. These guys inject you with laughter with a vast experience on the live front and great reviews on all formats. So thank you, P-S-H-Q-E-T. Yeah, because that was actually awesome. (laughs) That's right. All right, here's one from Rob LCFC84, another five-star review. And the title of the review is, If you like hard rock and metal, this is a must. And he says... And I quote, if you like hard rock and metal, this is a must. Not only was that the name of his <laughs> of the review, that's actually what he says in the review as well. That boy knows how to cut and paste. There you go. He's like me, man. He don't want to fucking type, and I respect yeah. that. Bottom line exactly. is it's a five-star review, and he said we're a must. So thank you, Rob, uh, for that kind review. Thank you, Rob. Uh, the next thank one... you, Rob. <laughs> thank you, Rob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that's funny. Uh, this uh, last one I'm going to read today and there are more but I'm going to save it for later but another 5 star review uh, from PhilUK71 entitled Dedicated to Metal and I quote join Neon Knights, Ian and Ralph defenders of the faith as they live and breathe heavy metal from its birth at Tony Iommi's lathe the boys are back in town every Sunday. Subscribe to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast today. 
That's my boy right there. He knows we debut shit on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Cool that, dude. Yeah. I that, like him. Or is it a chick? I don't know. What was the no, name? Phil. <laughs> so yeah. I'm pretty sure it's a guy. Phil UK seventy one. Yeah. So thank yeah, you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. And there is no uh there's no dates on these, so I don't know how uh like uh recent they are or or how old they are, but man, we appreciate them. And I want to send a special thanks to James McCormick for even letting me know these were out there because uh, on the uh, computer version of Podbean, there's no place to even click for a review. So this is something strictly unique to their app. And uh, thank you very much for letting us uh, know about these. Thank you, everybody. And j- just so I have to do this, Ian, because we've been on for a few minutes now. Uh, Sammy Hagar sucks. So what's in the news? All right. The news. Let me get to that. Uh Inside Metal, Rise of L.A. Thrash, premiere screening announced. I owned all three of them already on DVD. Oh, shit, it's already out on DVD? I've had them for a while. I have all three. Oh, no shit. Now, is this the one, didn't they do one on the the Sunset Strip scene and shit like that? Yeah, yeah, let me grab them. They're right in front of me. I'll tell you, they're all three categorized. Uh, One... Uh, the L.A. Metal Scene Explodes. Okay. The other one's called the L.A. Metal Scene Explodes 2. Pioneers of L.A. Hard Rock and Metal 1 and 2. That's what it is. Okay. Inside Metal. And, and it, how- It's good. It's really good. Okay. It's got uh, interviews with, you know, like, like John Bush narrates it. And, you know, they have a lot of, like, you know, uh, I can't remember. I, I know Don Dawkins interviewed in it and you know, a bunch of people, uh, Jack Russell. And, right. Uh, let me see if they show people here. It says uh, this, Lars Ulrich. Yeah, it says this one was directed by Bob Nabam. Yeah. The band. Now, Bamium, who, who uh, is a big, uh, my technically the very first podcast I was listening to, uh, that was very instrumental, that that guy, actually, uh, his pick of the week, he has pick of the weeks too, and it was uh, Thrasher Die one week. No shit. Yes, right on, sir. Right, right on. Uh, I don't think he does it anymore, but it was called Skullview. The Skullview podcast. I'm not sure if he does it anymore, but that's a guy that, re- I mean, he grew up with Metallica. Like, he was right. friends with those guys before they were called Metallica. He's really, you know, when Metallica had that anniversary in San Francisco, they took him there. You know, they invited him, and, you know, along with Lloyd Grant and all the old schoolers, you know. So he's really a, a guy that was there. You know, right. friends with John Bush and all those people. Really nice guy. Really cool dude. So how, how did you find out about this? Uh, Skullview? Uh, well, no, the, 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 the documentaries, the DVDs that you Because he, he's on my Facebook and he was plugging it. Oh, okay. So I bought them when, once they were released. Okay, were they, they, yeah. they reasonably priced? Yes. I mean, they're on Amazon. You can go check. I can't oh, okay. remember. I, I don't nice. even know. I don't remember how much they cost, but... Yeah, they were nicely priced. Yeah. I, know, I know I didn't pay a lot for them. Oh. I bought all of them. Oh, I'd like to check those out. Yeah, they're good. It's it's good. It's really detailed about everything, you know. And they, a lot of it has to do with Van Halen. I mean, it goes way back to right. the Van Halen Quiet Riot days as well. It says this, the the thrash one is narrated by uh, Dave Ellison. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, Dave Ellison. I'm look, I see Dave Ellison on here too. Uh, but, yeah, I know John Bush. Yeah, probably on the on the last one. I watched them all, but I can't remember. I just remember hearing John Bush narrate a lot of it, you know. 
Right on. <coughs> well, speaking of Dave Ellison, uh, his former bandmate Jeff Young said he would jump at an opportunity to rejoin Megadeth. And yeah, I bet he would. <laughs> why? You think? Why does he fear they're gonna fucking fire him from Burger King? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you haven't heard too much of him since then. I, I believe he, he went back to being a guitar instructor. But uh, No, he's a great guitar player, and I, 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 I don't have nothing against him. It's just I haven't heard from the guy. You know? Right, right. So sorry, Jeff, if you're listening. I didn't mean to say that. Be on our show. Come on on our show. <laughs> well, I'm going to continue those Burger King shows. <laughs> he, he, he's not listening to this. He can't afford this show. It's free. <laughs> oh, boy. He's definitely not coming on now. <laughs> But uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you, man, I still, I, I love So Far, So Good, So What. Uh, you know, it's not, not their best, but I, I still like it, aside from the, the horrible uh, Anarchy in the UK cover. Uh, I really love that album. So, and I, I, <coughs> I, I thought there was some fine guitar work on that. You know, it's, it's, it's funny hearing him say that as Anthrax is like, Oh, I really want to do a. It'd be great. I'm, I'm open to do another big four. Of course you are. You want to play the big crowd, big stadiums again, you know? Yeah. Of course you want to do that, you know? Because unfortunately, they're doing that co-headline tour with, uh, I believe, Killswitch and Gage, and Anthrax is actually opening up. <laughs> that's uh, man. That is sad. now. I mean, it's one of those that's being billed as a co-headline tour, but still doesn't matter. Still, Anthrax you know? goes on first. I mean, Oh, yeah, man. Anthrax should close. I mean, come on, give me a break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even if you don't like Anthrax, just out of respect, <laughs> you know. You know, you know, the first sign of Anthrax dipping was uh, in popularity was Stomp Four Four Two. They came down here and opened for the Misfits. Yeah, I, I saw. Yeah. Them, I saw them on that tour open for Pantera. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I saw them. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it was. Stomp 442 was already dead and gone by Pantera. I'm saying when the sh- album was fresh, because that Pantera tour, that album oh, was already like a year or two old. You're, you're right. The reason I was sick of that is they hadn't put a new album out yet, and the, yeah. and they were still selling because I got the that that monster on the Doom Buggy shirt. I bought that at that Pantera show, so that's what right, I'm thinking. Yeah, because yeah, it, like, it was like Cold Chamber, uh, them, and Pantera. Well, when I saw it, it was just them and Pantera. They was... Well, maybe Coltrane was there, but, you know, I can care less about that band. Yeah. And if you're listening, I don't want you on my show. You guys suck. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, another documentary that's coming out, uh, this one I'd really love to see, uh, is called American Valhalla. And it's a documentary about uh, the making of the album Post-Pop uh, Depression, the album that uh, Iggy Pop made with Jeff Homme. And... Uh, and I that that was my album of the year for 2016. Absolutely loved it, and I'm a big fan of both Josh Homme and Iggy Pop. And I thought it was a hell of a collaboration. And I guess it just kind of, you know, they filmed all the behind the scenes because the album was made in secret. He just contacted Josh Homme and said, "Look, I don't want this getting out. I don't want press, but I, I like you. I'd like to collaborate with you." And then I guess during the recording of the album is when uh, David Bowie passed away. And there's a lot of stuff like, you know, because uh, you know, Bowie helped resurrect Iggy's career after the Stooges and, you know, did what's arguably considered his best solo albums, The Idiot and Lust for Life together, and said that it really hit Iggy hard, because not only his last couple of years with uh, the Ashton Brothers passing away, then Bowie passing away, and talks about him thinking about his own 
mortality. So I think it could be a damn fine uh, documentary. Again, that is American Valhalla, and uh, that should be coming out next month, I believe. How did that album sound? The one that I bought you. Oh, I love it. I absolutely. Sounds love good. It. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, I think it sounds even. I had the MP3, but I think the vinyl sounds even better. And man, just the packaging on that. <clears throat> Yeah, that that's an incredible album. Great live album because it it covers so like some of the best songs. You know, it's one of those for for a for somebody who likes deep cuts and stuff like that. Man, it's it's a it's a fan's dream that usually you don't get out of a live album. They're usually just the hits and shit. Righteous. So I'm very happy with that. Thank you very much. Anything uh, but a chicken wing. <laughs> Uh, and here's something that I found out immediately after recording this episode you're about ready to hear, at least, the, you know, the review part. I'm not going to hear it. <laughs> was that uh, Greg Allman passed away. Yeah, that sucked. And I'm a big fan. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, I'm a huge Allman Brothers fan. But, man, I love that Fillmore East. Oh, I got yeah. that expanded box, you know, the CD. Oh, yeah. That's a, that whipping post, that 50-minute Whipping Post Virgin's fucking rules. And I've always loved that song. That's a song that... Whipping Post is a song I like to put on the jukebox in, at, at bars. Yeah, because you see get your money's worth. <laughs> exactly. I put that shit on. And, you know, I have... You know, and I also have the Allman Brothers Greatest Hits. And I do have Eat a Peach on, on vinyl. Nice. But um, I've heard other stuff. And it's like, ah, I just... I'm just gravitated toward that. Those three things right. I own, you know. Right. And <clears throat> but yeah, good shit. And, uh, you know, I got some albums of theirs that, 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 I, that I really love. But again, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that, you know, that I, I knew everything about them. But I always enjoyed what I heard. And if nothing else, I mean, you got to respect them. I mean, they were, they were incredible musicians. And uh, unfortunately, never got a chance to see them. Did you ever see the Allman Brothers? Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Um, no, I never did. I'm trying to think. I may have seen Greg Allman, though. I'm okay. trying to think. I think I saw a free show with Greg Allman on the beach. I could be wrong. I have to look through my shit. I think I did. I, th- I believe I did with with Santana, actually. It was a co-headline free oh, show nice. on the beach. I think I did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. There nice. you go. So, I, yeah, I do believe I did see him, which shows you I can't sit here and fucking talk about I'm such a big fan because, fuck, I'm not even sure if I saw him or not. I might have. I think so. If it wasn't Greg Allman, it was somebody from that, you know, that type of scene, right, you know. Right. You know, Dickie Betts or some shit. I don't oh know. yeah, another another great, <coughs> great guitar player. He's uh, still alive, right? Yes, yes, yeah. He he was kicked out of the Allman Brothers about 15 years ago, I believe, or it might be okay. 20. It might be 20 years now. But yeah, he was he was kicked out due to his drinking. And I mean, he was a legendary. Part, I mean, and so was Greg Allman. I mean, that's part of the reason he's not with us anymore. But, I mean, he sobered up, but, you know, he passed away. You know, he did a lot of damage to his body, you know. Oh, man. Now, this next story, I wasn't so much interested in the this, in this story as much as I was like, oh, God, let me see these fucking comments. Uh, but there was another story about Life Agony's singer Mina Caputo, who was formerly Keith Caputo. And is, yeah. is now living as a woman. Now, uh, Life of Agony loved their first album. Loved... Ugly, right? No, 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 no. Uh, uh, that's the one I like. Really? Uh, yeah, ugly. Oh, God. Uh, now I'm having a total brain fart. Uh, River Runs Red. 
was the first album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one, too. That's true, yeah. Yeah. But, I love them, but I, I like those two albums. But, but none of their albums sounded, you know, anything past the first. Uh, the first album had a total sound, like even the way he sang. He very much sang like in a in a Peter Steele-style voice on River Runs Red, and Josh Silver from Typo um, produced it. But then they really seemed to move away from that sound. The next time would be even more away from it. I actually saw them when, when after uh, Keith left the band, they had, uh, uh, what's his name, Whitfield Crane joined the band. Yes, yes, I remember that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was very, very shocked by the, by the story when he, you know, came out as transgender and, and wanted to, uh, you know, live his life as a woman. And, and, but, and the band was like, hey, whatever. You know, they got back together. They were pretty much touring, not too much putting out new music. They have put out a couple since they got back together. They have a new one. But anyway, I thought, like, wow, that's kind of, you know, how's the metal community going to accept this? I mean, you know, uh, Rob Hawford saying he's gay is one thing, but this is even something else, especially when you're not as, like, you know, universally hailed as Rob Hawford was. And, man, I looked at the comments on this shit, and I tell you, some of the most revolting shit I've ever read on the Internet is on blabbermouth comments. <laughs> yeah, I know. Those those people are just idiots. I I, t- I I thought I've seen some fucked up shit on Facebook. You know, but I, I think I think blabbermouth takes the cake. And, and when you see other artists, like, really slamming blabbermouth, you know, as far as... They're like, I'll read the stories, but I ain't going near those comments. Oh, I, I, I am 100% artist uh, attacking anybody on blabbermouth. I, I am 100%. And fuck everybody on Blabbermouth. Fuck all these negative fucking idiots, man. That armchair critics, you know, that even bash bands I hate. I'm like, you know, you go up there and do it, you know, right. if you're so fucking. Because, look, it's one thing to say, I hate this, but they go into such detail. Like, there's some kind of fucking, like, like they know. They know. They're, they're, it's pompous. You know, these are people saying, Jesus Christ only made men and women. There is no transgender. You faggot, die. <laughs> like, they're mentioning yeah. Jesus in, in one yeah. sense and the next fucking die, you faggot. And just, I'm, I'm like seeing the hypocrisy there and just like, But, you know, wow. we see that with uh, the Westboro Baptist Church, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, true, true. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Bible thumpers that are very, very homophobic. I mean, you know, you know, I I've read the Bible and the Bible said it clearly. You know, God doesn't like gay people, but only He can judge. So shut the fuck up. You know, you're not God. Only God can judge. You know. So these people that are God fearing people are pretty much going behind uh, against God's law and judging themselves. Yeah, but I mean, there's a couple things you got to remember. One, that shit's all made up. And two, it was written a long time ago. God didn't know Greg Barnes. If God knew Greg Barnes, he would yeah, love of gay course, people. Yeah. You know. That is true. So, so, so there you, there you go. If anybody but, yeah. could change God's mind, it would be Greg Barnes. But that's my point. These are people that, yeah, you're saying it's made up and it's written a long time ago. But we're talking about people saying these things that don't view the Bible like that. They view it, yeah, it was written a long time ago, but it's the law. <laughs> but the law only applies to what they feel is the law because yes. it's not the law to judge people to them. They, they keep forgetting that part. It's just like when you walk into church and you see statues of Jesus and Mary and all that shit. In the Bible, it clearly says you should not worship, you know, like statues. Yeah. You know, it's like very like, and these are churches I'm talking about. Right. You know, that that practice the Bible. It's like, man, I mean, can you get in any more ass backwards? I mean, 
You read the same book I did? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I know, like, the famous story about where, uh, you know, Jesus was walking around and, like, flipping over the tables and shit, you know, like, uh, you know, the rich people and shit, you know, and this isn't how you praise my father and shit like that. You see these super churches today. And it's like, man, you just pick out what sells tickets, <laughs> you know. Exactly. It's it's just bizarre. The, the pe- you know, it's like people, like, bash religion, but it's really, like... Yeah, religion is fucked, but at the same time, it's really the people that interpret it make it, make it really fucked. Because right. I really have a lot of respect for religious people that are good. You know, good religious, because, God, I have a lot of people, a lot of friends of mine, and a lot of family members that are very religious and leave me the fuck alone. They don't bash anybody, and they just go about their business. You know, they say, hey, look, they see somebody, yeah, okay, fair, you know, uh, fair enough. Maybe in their heads they're going, boy, they're going to burn in hell for that. But they're not going to tell the person you're going to burn in hell. You know what I mean? You know, people out there that pretend they're so... Especially if you... You know, here's the thing about these people. Now, you're going to sit there and say, faggot this, faggot that. And, and you're judging people. It's no different than being religious and cheating on your wife with, with some girl. Right. And then having sex out of wedlock with some girl and then preaching the word of the law. The Lord. You're a hypocrite or a hypocrite, whatever you want to call it, toothless bastard. <laughs> exactly. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna fucking preach to anybody, and fucking walk the walk, or you're a fucking you're you're a hypocrite, and nobody should listen to you. Because let me tell you something: if somebody like that would pray for me, it'd be like, don't do that. I don't want to go to hell. Because believe me, you're going to hell way before me. I guarantee you. That I will, I'll be welcome into hell way before somebody like that because at least I don't run around judging people and and, and preaching the word of the law while basically spitting in the God and spitting in God's face. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this because a temptation of the flesh. Give me a fucking break. You're not religious at all. Just because you go to church doesn't make you religious. You have to you have to actually. Uh, read the scriptures, follow it, and then you go into heaven if you believe it. Well, that, that's, I have that, that same opinion. I think a lot of people say they believe because it's, it's considered the polite thing to do or the right thing to do, where if they honestly, with 100% of their heart, believe that book, they would be scared shitless to do 90% of the shit they do, if not more. For fear of uh, the wrath of God. There's a lot of people that follow it, dude. Believe me. I know a lot of people that that follow it and go by the law and don't do anything, you know, against that that yeah. word. You know, and those are, to me, real, real fucking uh, mm-hmm. God. Oh, yeah, I, I worked with a guy like that, and I had respect for him because he did, he, he had, uh, you know, he followed his convictions. So whether I agreed with him or thought exactly. they were hokey or not, I, you know, he, he did. He, you know, this man lived a righteous life. You know, so I, like, hey. I love people. I really do love people like that because they they believe in what they want. They, I mean, they believe in what they do and they follow it. They're not posers because that's what you call a poser. A guy that says that you know, you know, oh Jesus loves you and I love Jesus and this and that, and then he turns around and bangs somebody out of wedlock. That's a fucking religious poser. If you, it's not. Look, it's of course it's science. <laughs> science you know, that. that you know that 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 uh, you're you're a poser for doing that, but man, if you ever use the word of God as a defense mechanism, 
because you're religious, and then you turn around and you stick your dick in somebody that's not married? Believe me, that's why I'm going to heaven. I stick my dick in somebody that's not married, and I don't praise God. So I'm okay, you know? I'll yeah. You know, God, God will say, you didn't know better, you know? <laughs> but you, you knew. You read my book. You go to the house, the house of worship, and you end up doing shit like that. Right. And I'm sure he's probably getting upset with me now because, you know, he listens to us religiously. Yeah, that's another thing. You're so religious, you listen to us. I mean, fuck, that's even worse than fucking out of wedlock. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you're, you're in the Satan's den here. <laughs> so get upset with me. Be pissed at me. But you know what? The Lord and I know I'm right. Thank you. That's right. So, so, so now it's... <coughs> Now instead of saying, uh, you know, burn Sammy Hagar fans, I just say feed them to the lions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> I don't know how they interpreted the book, but what I got out of it was <coughs> don't judge anybody unless they're a Hagar fan. Then feed them to the fucking lions. That's what. And I got I've never out. cheated on somebody in all my life. I've had many girlfriends. I've never once cheated on any girl ever, ever. And I'm not religious. Go figure. God loves me. <laughs> there, there you go. Yeah, exactly. So, bottom line, kids, leave that thing from typo negative or uh, life agony alone. It's got enough problems. <laughs> Don't need you yeah, may- judging it. Maybe you know. Maybe if I'm in a good mood while I'm up there in the pearly gates, I'll pee on that guy while he's in hell. <laughs> there you go. You know. You know. Put the flames out for a second. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of angels, to take in shit that'll make you see some fucking angels, Bill Ward is talking about the dangers of drumming on LSD in a new documentary. <laughs> oh, man. I haven't heard this one. Yeah. There, there, <laughs> there's a That's new documentary cool. coming out called The Doom Doc, and it's talking about uh, doom, sludge, <laughs> and stoner metal, all things slow and heavy. And uh, let's see, Bill Ward's in this. They also talk with uh, Kirk Winstein from Crowbar. Uh, a bun- bunch of other people and man that sounds like a documentary I'd love to see something on some doom metal yeah and the danger of playing drums on LSD by Bill Ward I want to hear that yeah well there's actually I haven't seen the clip but there's a clip of him talking about it and I, I can only imagine <laughs> yeah I gotta look that up <laughs> I think he's, he says man I was trying to do my usual drumming and it ended up sounding like fucking Ricky Rocket I was all fucked up on <laughs> LSD <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I started playing Razzmatazz. <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be super not not playing Razzmatazz. <laughs> so I'll I play like that. Take it outside. <laughs> I will definitely check out the Doom Doc and uh, go on uh, Blabbermouth, but don't read the comments, and you can find out uh, more about this documentary. Right on. All right. Next story. I got a story. Okay. I, I don't know where. You probably know the story. Some zoo in Europe or something built a statue of Tom Araya. Did you see this? No. It's awesome, man. It's a zoo. They have a statue. Well, it's Tom Araya now. It's got the big white beard. Mm-hmm. And, it's sta- and it's standing in front of this huge rock that has the Slayer logo on it, you know, with the swords and shit. Right. And under it has lyrics to Dead Skin Mask. It's pretty awesome looking. Wow. I saw it on Blabbermouth, so you'll probably run into that show uh, story soon. Yeah. I, I, it's I, pretty cool. That one must have uh, 
skip past me. It's not, not a lot of times you see somebody erect the fucking castle of a, of a musician that's alive. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Especially somebody. You know, there's a Dio one, there's a Amon Scott, you know. Right. But you know a Slayer I mean? one, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, there's a Slayer one. And it looks really good. It looks just like them. They did a good job. Nice. It's pretty badass. That guy's going to heaven, too. <laughs> he didn't fuck out of wedlock. Uh-uh. All right. The next story, I know you've said uh, many times in the past that Morbid Angel is your favorite uh, death metal band. Am I correct there? Yes, yes, but I'm very, I'm very, uh, I'm, I'm not happy with what's going on with them now, but I'll explain that later. Go ahead, tell me. Okay, well, uh, what I'm getting out of this, <coughs> I, you may or may not have heard that they're making a decision now no longer to play. That's uh, what I'm not, that's what yeah. I'm not happy about. No, it's already happening. My friends just saw them. They didn't play anything from the David Vincent era. It's all Steve Tuckett stuff from Formulas. And I like that stuff, don't get me wrong, but shit. It's not the same going to see Morbid Angel without Chapel of Ghouls and Immortal Rights and stuff like that. I want to hear Rapture, you know? I want to hear the classic shit that I, that my favorite Morbid Angel. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like going to see your favorite band. At, it's like going to see Def Leppard. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the same thing. They're going to see Kiss, and they're like, "We're only doing the Mark St. John material. That's it." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know. Next story. Oh my God! I had to listen to this shit uh, just because I, I wanted to, to listen to it before I fucking bagged on it. But oh my God, it was actually worse than I thought. Did you hear the the new Rainbow songs? Oh God, it, it broke my heart. Wow. And it was really like. Dude, the guy is great, but the mu- the sound of the music oh, was... Oh, yeah. What the... What kind of fucking production was that shit? Yeah, I heard I Surrender. Oh. The guy sang it great, though. Oh, uh, yeah. He sang it so good, oh, but yeah. the, the sound of the song's terrible. And then the instrumental was like... It was pop oh, and circumstances. So- it, it, it was... You know, I, I was waiting for Macho Man to come out. You know? It was weird, man. But, it was just... Yeah, it's really bad. But, you know, like... You, you, you can't say it's not characteristic uh, of Blackmore because, look, uh, Beethoven's whatever was the instrumental. Like, he always takes these classic instrumentals and, you know, plays it Blackmore style. And I thought his guitar playing on, on you know, the Macho Man theme, uh, you know, when it kicked in, I was like, oh, man, he's got a good tone, but who wants to hear this shit? You know, and, and then when it came to I Surrender, a song I think is a smoking fucking... Russ Ballard turd to fucking begin with, but oh my god, it made the original sound like fucking cashmere. No, I love the original, so oh. you can tell how heartbroken I was. Oh, I, oh, I bet, but even I could admit that it was, you know, the, the original was way better than this shit, and that Blackboard would let this shit be released. Like, man, are, are you are you yeah. senile? You know, because the, the drums, the, everything sounded horrible. I mean, it sounded like... <coughs> It was done on a, uh, like on a Casio, and somebody was recording on a tape that's been taped over ten times. It was bad. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? I couldn't believe it. It was heartbreaking, because you know me, I'm a defender. I even defend Blackmore's Night. Yeah. But that one, I can't defend. Yeah, you know, and I was... I cannot uh, defend, you know? I, I was hoping for, for a new song, and like, well, let's, it'd be interesting to see what he comes back with now. And that's what I saw it was like, you know, a classic instrumental and then a re-recording of an old song. It's like, yeah, I, I don't think the, uh, the steam's in the engine anymore. 
Nope. And uh, you know me, man. I, I defend that guy, and I said that Rainbow's never released a bad album. I'm afraid of the next one now. Very yeah. afraid. And did you hear that he came out saying that he wants to be back, uh, do uh, Deep Purple? Yes, I, I, I saw that, and I thought that was very, like, wow, is he is he mellowing out? But uh, I don't I don't think... Uh, I don't no, think no, I don't think... There's no way they'll let him back. No way. No. There's just no way it'll happen. Though I would love to see it, but oh, oh it's I, not gonna I, happen. I would too, because I've never, I've never seen Blackmore or Deep Purple, so I, of course, I would love to see it. But uh, there's a lot of hatred there. Oh yeah, there's a well, a lot of hatred. And if if you read that that whole article, that same one where he talks about that, he even comes out and says he's a miserable prick. He doesn't know how to have yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. fun. Fun doesn't make any sense. And and then you read. Uh, you know the quotes they had below it that were from a story a couple months back where Ian Pace was talking about, you know, saying, "Oh man, no, we, we just we have fun, we get along, and that guy just can't do it." Yeah. So I, I no no he was miserable. Yeah, I, he's I, a miserable prick. I think at their age, you, you know, <coughs> they they just don't want the drama, and apparently that band gets along great. They have a lot of fun, and whether you like the new albums or not. The fact that they're still writing new music as a band says a lot for the chemistry they have, you know, and that they get along. I think that new album is excellent, actually. Have you heard it? I haven't listened to the whole thing. I I did not care for that first song that was released. I got to say, I love Deep right. Purple, but I didn't care for it. Uh, you know, the one with the Roboto voice and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, dug it. I think the album's great. Okay, it's, well. It's, I, I listened to it I'll, all. I'll check it out. There's a DVD out there called Come Hell or High Water. I don't know if you ever saw it. Yes, show. yes. Uh, believe that's the very last show with Blackmore. Correct. And and it's a very interesting concert video because, first of all, they start with Highway Start and you don't see Blackmore at all on the stage. And then he finally walks out there in the guitar solo and he throws beer at the camera guy. And then in between each song, there's members of Deep Purple badmouthing Blackmore, you know how... Oh, he's so. That was so embarrassing what he did, and oh, wow. you know, it's it's a very interesting. You know, you could get the vibe that, you know, they really were just sick of him. You know, and you know he admits it. I'm just a miserable prick. Right. Did I ever tell you when he dumped a, a Heineken on my head? Did I ever tell you that story? Richie Blackmore. Yeah, Richie Blackmore. Oh man, I never said that, huh? Uh -huh. It was uh, at, uh, straight between the eyes story. He, he he dunked the whole fucking for no reason. <laughs> on me specifically <laughs> I was all the way up wow. front against the barrier I don't know if he did it on purpose on just me but yeah he poured a whole bottle of Heineken on he couldn't head. have known who you were he never would have done that shit yeah of course exactly. there I was yeah, it was weird you know he just like dunked a whole bottle of fucking I was like wow you know I was like but then, you know, afterwards, I was like, how cool is that? Yeah, Richie Black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Black. You know, I was uh, 16, maybe 17 at that time. Right. Very. I was in a drinking age. <laughs> I smelled like beer. Uh, <laughs> true story. My brother's proof of that. You know, my brother saw it himself. You know, wow. It was wild. All right. Well, talking about running out of steam, here's a story that's sure to let down tens of fans in Europe. Uh, Wasp is canceling all their uh, summer European festival dates in order to concentrate on re-recording uh, The Crimson Idol. What? Yes. 
Oh, you got to be kidding they, me. They, they are behind uh, production. I mean, I, I know there's you like the album. There's a lot of people that love that album, man. That was that was the end for me. No, I, I never said I, I, I liked a handful of songs. I thought a lot of it was pompous and, and yeah. shitty. But I liked about three, four songs on it a lot. But the, for the most part, no, this conception of me and shit like that, it's like 10-minute songs that were just boring. I'm on, no, no, no. It was a, definitely... I'm definitely not a fan of that album. Like, I wouldn't run to see The Crimson Idol in its entirety, you know? Right. I'd, I'd run in the show and see the songs I like and go out for beers, you know? Yeah. But um, what I am interesting to, interested to see is the, is the movie, you know? Right. Um, I've had that, you know, the little featurette, which is like, I don't know, 20 minutes long, where it shows, you know, like, some videos and some little in-between scenes with uh, Jonathan, but... Right. There, that that was supposed to be a full movie, and they say they're releasing it. Right. So I, I, I am interested to see that. Right, and it says like a, a lot. There was a lot more recorded than what you saw, you know. And this is going to incorporate all of that that was used, and there might even be some new shit that they filmed for. It. But uh, yeah, I heard it's a full movie. Yeah, I, 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 I don't heard. know. I'll, you know, be. I'm I'm one of those Wasp fans that. Man, they were so important to me up until, uh, you know, Crimson Idol that I still check. Every time they, they put out something new, I still check it out. And I always hope for the best, but I know I'm going to be let down. It's like Iron Maiden these days, you know. Yeah. But it's like, man, just nothing says, hey, I've ran out of fucking ideas than re-recording a fucking album, you know. Well, I'm, I'm re-recording... Uh... I want to be somebody, a love machine, and call it something else, which they've done. Right. And there's another one they did that sounded like 95 Nasty. Right. I've heard different songs off different albums going, dude, this is the same goddamn song. You know, they did. No, Wasp was, especially that first album, that was like my album of the year. You know, I I liked it more than 84 from Van Halen. You know, it was like my favorite. And you, were, you know how fucking 84 was. Right. Shot full of classics, and that was like... I don't, I don't know. Looking back in retrospect, it might not be the best album of 84, but that year, it was my favorite album. That was the album I played the most. Right. You know, I remember my brother would even tell me, my brother one time came in my room and he goes, Ralph, you are somebody. Shut that off already. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. I, I would play the album, turn it over and play it again. And he just walked in. He got so sick of it. He's like, you are somebody, man. <laughs> oh, good lord! Well, here's some good news for our for our last story. <laughs> is uh, Kiss is going to be calling it quits soon? Hopefully. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. That's a misleading headline. Uh, Gene Simmons went into this whole thing about, you know, what we do, the Rolling Stones can't right, do. Right, right. The Rolling Stones come out in t-shirts, jeans, and we put on all this armor, and we're old already, and. Uh, I don't think we'll be doing this that much longer. I give it three, four years more. But the headline is like, soon. No, he said three, four years. And also, um, I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think maybe we're going to get what we want. They're probably going to, like, going out without makeup and, and toning it down a bit and without all the crazy make, uh, you know, and playing, you know, shed, shed shows with, you know, uh, co-headline. But they're dead. They're, they are dead in the States. I don't care what anybody out there says. It is the truth. There's one guy, you know what one guy had the audacity to tell me? He goes, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I saw Kiss in, you know, some town somewhere. He goes, the tickets were 
selling like hotcakes. There was like 50 seats empty in the whole place. I was like, dude, if tickets sell like hotcakes, it would sell out, wouldn't it? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when, when somebody says tickets sell like hotcakes, that would mean it would be a sellout show. Not that there's any empty seats. And yeah, 50 empty seats in my ass. You're just making that shit up. Right. You know? and, and, and when you go, you know, and uh, we've all seen stadium shows where they cut off half the theater. Yeah. You know, to make it look like it's more... And if you're really on top of your A game, you're selling out places in large markets. I mean, if you're playing like, you know, podunk fucking uh, South Dakota, of course everybody's going to go because there's like two concerts a year. They'll go no matter what, you know. But Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, of course. And, and you know, and I'm telling you, a lot of the KISS shows these days in America, I mean, they do sell okay. I'm not saying they sell bad, but it's a lot of fucking parents taking their kids because hey look I'm going to take you to see this band you know like their kids want to see it and of course they defend the scabs and shit so right. you know whatever and and everybody comes back and says oh it's an amazing show this and that and man I saw it man I saw scab kiss you can't fucking preach to the choir you may think it was an awesome show I can't stand Paul Stanley croaking through a show I can't take it and you know what these people's excuse is yeah, his voice sounded rough, but he's up there giving it his all. You know, he's like, you know, he's he's making up for his shitty voice by giving 100%. You know, it's like, dude, if you want to give 100%, just stop. You know, 100%, you know? But no, he won't. But whatever, man. People like it. I'm not one to tell anybody what they can and cannot like. I just choose not to see it. But here's the thing about KISS fans. And I, I made a post about this the other day. A real KISS fan is not a fucking sheep. A real KISS man, fan will tell you what they don't like and what they like. Now, I'm the first one to say that Ace Frehley was a fuck-up. Vinnie Vincent's a fucking flake. The Elder was a bad mistake. But I still love all three. But I can admit, but these motherfuckers can't admit that the scabs is wrong, that Gene and Paul said, that only Ace and Peter can... They can't admit the fucking facts and that's one thing I can't stand about scab kids uh, defenders is that they they come up with these stupid excuses and refuse to see you know hey man you know I heard that Ace Frehley meet and greets is terrible I heard he's a dick you know but I'm still going to see Ace Frehley and shit if I can get a VIP I'll do it I'll take my chances right. but I, I know what to expect I know Ace Frehley could be a prick I've heard from you Peter Chris is a prick I still love them. I still love right. the original Kiss. But these motherfuckers will love it and make excuses for it that aren't true. They're not true. The new Kiss shows are not good. I'm sorry. And a lot of people that see these new Kiss shows, like Albin, like our buddy Albin, all these yeah. people, that was the first time they ever saw Kiss. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to be like, wow, man, bombs, blood, and, you know, all this fucking crazy show. And, damn, that was fucking amazing. Yeah, well, fuck, if you would have saw the fucking reunion show or the Creatures of the Night show right. and then fuck it, and then go see this, you'll see a major downgrade. Right. Sorry. And I, I poor Paul Stanley, uh, there, there's this guy I know that, that does a lot of KISS bootlegs and stuff, and he says he won't even put out any of these KISS World bootlegs because he says he's so embarrassed by Paul that, that he doesn't want KISS fans to hear this shit. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then this guy is, is, I mean, kisses his life. 
and and for him to say like I'm I'm not selling these because I don't want people to hear how bad Paul is. I yeah. I, I I heard recently <laughs> that Vince Neil, Stephen Piercy, and David Lee Roth sat Paul down and said, "Hey man, <laughs> you, you need some lessons? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you can't do it anymore." Yeah, no, it's it, it's gone. You know, and, and it upsets. You know what upsets me the most about it? This is a guy that would bash Peter Chris for not having it anymore. Right. Ace Frehley for not growing as a guitar player. He was the first one to throw these guys under the bus when Paul had that killer voice. Right. You know? But now that his voice, I mean, you, you know, it's like, dude, this is the guy that fired Peter Chris saying, hey, look, we're looking for a younger, you know, we want a, a different kiss. We want, like, a younger. I forgot how the, uh, the way that Peter described it on Eddie Trunk, but the way Peter said that Paul said it to him was kind of like, dude, you're over the hill. We need a real drummer. Enough of you. Which, look, I'll agree with him, but at the same time, Paul is always the guy going, well, you know, like during the farewell tour, it's like, you know, I want to stay till, you know, uh, we're no longer, you know, we're, we can't do it anymore. Well, he can't do it anymore, and he's still doing it. He's going back on everything. That guy goes back on everything he fucking said. How about during, you know, the non-makeup days? There'll never be a reunion, ever. What happens during Revenge? Oh fuck! We need money. Yeah, you know. And, and, so, I, and I saw that Revenge tour, and I saw what the crowds were like for that shit. <laughs> yeah, it was I heard? I didn't go, but yeah. I heard it was empty. Yeah. I heard okay. It, Compa- were, compared to uh, Hot in the Shade. Hot right? in the Shade. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah, I saw Hot in the Shade. But uh, <laughs> you know, another postscript to the to the story. Uh, I saw that they just recently canceled their uh, their show in Manchester. Because of fears of you know what just happened at that uh, that right. concert the other week, but I'm like, I'm like, man, a bomb goes off on stage every night at a Kiss show. It's called <laughs> Paul Stanley's vocals, you know. <laughs> you know what are you worried about? <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of bombs during. There's more bombs on the stage on Kiss shows than ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, coming out of one microphone. You know, a bomb would be a good deterrent, you know, to take people's attention off of Paul's vocals. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> oh Lord! Well, on that note, <laughs> all right. From one crappy thing to the next. <laughs> oh, now we are going to be joined by none other than DJ Bushy Nate Atchison. Man, it took a lot to get uh, Ralph to do this, but even he will admit this is a great episode. Oh yeah, yeah, it's a great episode that I don't want to revisit. But everybody out there loves the cure. So if you get offended by anything I say, grab it. Turn it sideways and shove it up your ass. Yeah. Hide the kids. We're digging up some pornography. All right, here we go. Friday, I got cock on my mind. Yeah, this, this is the, the one that we've been, that Nate's picked, that everybody's been wondering, what is this album that Ralph is really dreading? So now everybody knows. It's uh, the 1982 album from The Cure called Pornography. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, Ian, yeah, um, introduce our, our, our bushy, our bushy-less friend. <laughs> yes. And our, our fucking penis-less friend. This week, we have the artist formerly known as Big Bushy. We have clean-shaven Nate here with us. And uh, Nate donated $100. Well, actually, Thank in, you, Nate. In, in total, you've donated $205. Fucking right. a, dude. But but you did you did the 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 hundred dollar donation, and what that was is 
you can pick the album, guest on it, and it doesn't have to be a rock or metal album. And there was two of you who did it, but you took full advantage of it. <laughs> the other guy, uh, Sonny Pooney, uh, paid a hundred, but he picked. Well, he picked something that sucked too. He picked Motley Crue, but but you picked something way out the box. You picked The Cure, and uh, definitely different than what we normally do. I myself am a Cure fan. Ralph is not, and uh, he was he was shocked when I first told him this, and then when I sent it to him, he was he went from shocked to pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got very upset. <laughs> no, it's it, I I I'm, I'm a Cure fan too. I love this album. But I, you know, I wanted to keep it rock-ish. It would have been too easy to uh, say, hey, let's do Sammy Hagar's Standing Hampton. You asked me about VOA. I would go with the better album, Standing Hampton, if I was going to do it. And I, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want the gang rape. I need somebody on my side. I know, I, I know me and Ian are going to get fucked with this whole show, but that's just because Ralph doesn't understand what a great, great album this is. Yeah, I know. I'm not cutting edge and avant-garde and artsy-fartsy like you two. <laughs> I'm sorry that I like st- songs that rock. Sorry. This is rock, you know, yeah. ish. Yeah. This is rock, all right. It's a rock hard dick. That's what this is. <laughs> oh. Uh, well, uh, right. well. Let I, me take the first song. Well, well hold, hold on a second. Yeah, I want to well, say. I, let me tell you. Let me tell you. I discovered the cure. When fucking when this idiot wanted to do this review, that's how I discovered. <laughs> All right, there you go. I'm done with discovering this bullshit. <laughs> oh well, 120 minutes on on MTV, they would throw out one of those videos, and I'd look at it going, "Oh my lord." Oh, and I got to say another thing. This is very very important. I said this to Bill Wang actually earlier today. Bill Wang actually loves the Cure as well. Yes, outstanding. Um, yeah, and uh, I I explained to him that dude, I have. A few death metal friends. Exactly. Actually, I have one, one guy, Morbid Mario, that loves nothing but death metal. I mean, yeah, he he has sentimental value for ACDC for those about to rock because he saw the video on MTV and that put him on the road to metal. He likes some of like like he'll like the first Wasp album. I mean, sporadically, but he's really into Immolation and you know and, and just like the you know his favorite new band is Hail of Bullets. He's just Total, total death metal. And he loves the cure. And so he's got weird... no taste and great taste at the same time. He's was, yeah, 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 he has great taste. He likes immolation. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I was gonna anyway, say so... I don't like death metal, so <laughs> Yeah, I know. Of course. Though you do. You, you should kill yourself actually. But um no, I, I one less you'll buy your I, I, I didn't mean that. I need people at Thrasher Dashes. <laughs> um so um but uh, yeah, it is, and, and not only him. There's, there's, uh, I believe, Ruben De La Rosa. I love that guy. Likes the Cure as well. I believe he does. And I know a lot of my metalhead friends that love this band, that love them. But I'm sorry, I can't. I, I'm not gonna fall in line, dude. If, if I liked it, I, I, I wouldn't mind saying it. And actually, there is one part of this album that I liked. Got <laughs> uh, it. Part I hate. That'll be interesting. Believe it or not, there's one song. It's not that I actually like the song. There's elements I like on it. But, oh, I, but, I thought you were gonna say you like the silence in between the tracks. No, no, I didn't. I didn't even like that, dude. I knew something <laughs> terrible was about to happen. It, the, the silence between the tracks had me horrified. You know? 
The silence at the end of the last track was awesome. <laughs> that, that's my favorite part. But, you know, uh, I could I could tell already that not only was that a hundred dollars well spent on a great cause, it's going to be a hundred dollars well spent just because of the cringing you had to do to actually listen to this record. You know, you know what you just said, Nate, makes me realize that you do pay a hundred dollars for fucking gay sex because you're about to get. <laughs> rammed up the ass i guess you like paying money to get fucking rammed up the ass because that's hey. what i'm about to do to you cyberly <laughs> if i'm gonna get fucked by fuck there's a lot worse things that could happen in my life well yeah like getting into this album you know here's the thing here's the thing look i have nothing against gay people and you're gonna hear me say gay a lot through this whole thing but honestly dude let's flip the coin around do you think a gay guy would like to listen to the mentors he couldn't identify with it you know it's like oh wow let me hear this song about a guy ramming a girl in the ass or in the pussy in the mouth you know they'd be like no i'd rather have a guy so you know i'm not really homophobic jesus christ i love fucking uh abba come on there's there's definitely some gayness in me yeah, you got but... a little bitch in you <laughs> yeah exactly but abba you know see abba has melody music and uh just perfect pop you know this one is like what the fuck is this is this even fucking music it's noise with oh forget it I'll, I'll talk about what i think about it but go ahead i'm done i'm done with my rant and i and and by the way nate i only put vaseline on your butthole so far <laughs> well I, I i appreciate the forethought that's awesome yeah it's going to be fucking human centipede, and I'm in the front. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ian, I told you, I'm going to need some backup here. I don't need to be backing up, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, you both, knowing that you both love this album, you guys are really into backups. You know, backing up the glory holes. Uh, that's uh, a buddy. Right. Good. Right. Well, Nate, how did you uh, discover the cure and get into it? Yeah, what uh, glory hole did you go to where you heard this? <laughs> uh, disintegration is actually what uh, what got me into The Cure. And then I started getting into the back catalog. Because I, I really I, I really loved Disintegration. It was it had a real ethereal sound. It was strange you know, compared to anything else I was listening to at the time. So I started going backwards. And uh, my, my aunt had the album Pornography on cassette. I was like... You know, as a kid, I go, oh, what is this? It was totally not what I expected it to be. But I was blown away by how dark it was. And I've just kind of been a Cure fan ever since. They're an amazing band. I love Robert Smith's voice. I think he's one of those unsung heroes, underrated guitar players. Just, just great stuff. Yeah, uh, I discovered him probably around 85. A girl I went to school with, she was a couple years older. Right and, when that AIDS AIDS outbreak got really big, yeah. <laughs> what a coincidence! And uh, and and she she was uh, a a well to do girl had MTV at a time when when most people didn't have it, <coughs> uh, and she was really into alternative, and and would always, we'd always have like school talent shows and shit like that, and man, because uh, you know she came from a uh, well to do family, man, she would always go have like full productions. Like black light shit and all kinds of stuff that would blow everybody else's shit away because they had the money to do it. But she was into like you know stuff like this and uh, Susie and the Banshees, uh, 
butthole surfers, uh, even suicidal tendencies I discovered through her. Because everything with her was, you know, was like the god stuff, the, you know, the, the new wave, uh, you know, the punk stuff. And so that's how I first heard it. And then, you know, as the cure started getting a little bit bigger over here, I would hear stuff on the radio. Probably the first stuff I heard on the radio was like, you know, Just Like Heaven and stuff off of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Uh, around, around that time, I had MTV, so I'd see, you know, Why Can't I Be You? Yeah. And um, I always, uh, I, I liked their singles. At first, when I tried to listen to the albums, it was just so different from what I was listening to. I was like, well, I like that catchy song on the radio, but, you know, The, the, the Cure has a lot of different sounds and a lot, you know, in, in different eras. And it took me a while to get past, like, being a Greatest Hits fan but then you know when i got into it man uh you know and this is a prime example you picked this i think you thought like maybe there was a chance ralph would get this one i knew right away i'm like oh he's gonna hate this shit <laughs> I, I i just I, I i knew i knew ralph would not like this but uh oh such a dark but, album but this, i can't it, believe you didn't what, like it uh phil and selmo loves like this era of, of uh the cure like he hates I like almost all eras, I but the one thing I cannot stand is that fucking Friday I'm in love. I hate Thank that you. fucking... I hate it so bad. And it, it made me put off getting Wish for so long. And actually, there's some good stuff on Wish. But because, Great stuff on Wish. But because of that song, I, you know, it, it was like fucking damn near 20 years before I gave that album a chance. But, uh, you know, there's people... That, that they really love the dark era that, that started with 17 seconds, you know, kept going with faith. But this was like, you know, holy shit. You know, they were they were about ready to break up at the time. Robert Smith was doing double duty playing guitar for Susie the Banshees and doing pornography. They were touring nonstop, uh, but making like, you know, no money. And, and he was very suicidal at the time. And this was made in a haze of LSD and alcohol. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can tell. Yeah, yeah. They're really fun. In, in fact, there's one song on here that, that I was like, man, are they playing that bad on purpose? Did the did the tape fuck up? Or is it supposed to sound because it's just not right? Uh, but man, th this is dark. And, and Ralph said something when I was talking to him earlier. He's like, you, Mr. I hate you know, wham wham shit and stuff like that. How could you like this shit? And I, I gotta say, um, this is a Cure album that I gotta be in the in the mood for. Not necessarily like, oh, I'm a bad day, I'm gonna listen to pornography, but it's just because it is so dark. Uh, you know, like today was a perfect day for it because it's dark as shit out. It's raining all day, man. And I listened to this album twice. And I was just like. You know, this is the atmosphere for this. You don't want to be like, hey, my child was just born. I'm going to listen to pornography, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, the, the... you know, you know, when I get in a sad mood, you know what I like to listen to? Chinese like democracy. To to... No, I like to listen to myself, punch myself in the face and say, man up, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I do love The Cure. Unfortunately, I, I've never seen him live. Um, I'd love to. But, uh. But yeah, this is definitely one that's that was uh, re really slammed when it came out. Uh, critics were really hard on this one, saying, "Why does this band keep getting darker?" Uh, they were, uh, you know, saying the lyrics like, "God damn, how can somebody be this fucking depressed?" 
<laughs> and uh, but but now you know in, in hindsight it's looked at as like a, like a goth masterpiece and a, and a peak of that era in in the British you know like new wave the kind of alternative post punk uh, scene and uh, I, I I do love it uh, it's not my favorite but man when you're in the mood for it it's 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 a great album and I'm definitely picking this one up on vinyl yeah uh, sure it's a I've actually it's a I've actually piece of shit. Oh, oh, calm down, fuck. <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually have it on vinyl. That's how I choose to listen to it. Did you, uh, did you get the, the new, uh, the 180? Yes. Remet? Yeah. <laughs> how, how'd you like it? I, I think it sounds great. It's, yeah. it, it's absolutely amazing. Well, because there's a lot of shit going in, uh, you know, like, like a lot of times I'll listen to this like with cotton. headphones. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the nice thing is, is, um, it's it's the original album, even though it's 180 gram and it's brand right. new and all that stuff. They they stuck to the original album. No bonus tracks, no deluxe right, edition, right, right. just the eight songs. It's it's really great. It, it's funny, um, but, but you know when I picked this album, I didn't go do research on it. I just wanted to do something that was rock ish and not what people would expect me to pick. And uh, NME actually listed this as number six on its 50 darkest albums ever. <laughs> I was like. Well, yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So I gave, I gave Ralph the fucking Debbie Downer goddamn Cure album to listen to. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you made him work for that hundred bucks. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I told Ian that's it. No more donations. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I'm kind of curious after this episode because so far, like I said, only you and Sonny have gone that far. Now we got a couple of weirder ones coming up yeah but they're they're more in the in the realm even if they're not well known or maybe not well liked they're at least closer to our wheelhouse lee Lee gertzman asked for something i never even heard of oh i've i've never even heard of it i'm like god damn what the the fuck is that hopefully it's good it can't be worse than this well i i heard a little bit of it and at first i was almost like man i gotta let him know this is a hundred dollar album this isn't a forty dollar album and then I heard, <laughs> then I heard a guitar, and I'm like, "Son of a bitch! There's a guitar. We gotta do it." <laughs> like, oh man. Uh, uh, he had me listen to some shit one day. I had to get back out and say, "What the fuck, Krabby Appleton? What, what is this shit?" <laughs> Krabby Appleton. That that, oh. that 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 sounds like the shit we gotta review. It's some, it's, yeah. It's somebody's name, but the, the yeah, it sounds is... like Krabby Appleton, something <laughs> yeah. like that. <laughs> If that's what it is, you fuckers have fun. The first but, song is okay, and it just goes downhill. But I, I, I got to tell you, I got a feeling no matter how bad that album is, Ralph will enjoy it more than this one. <laughs> oh, I don't think I've ever heard. Okay, I got to admit, there's one album, and I'll even name the album. I think, I couldn't say it's as bad, but it, it's, uh, is no, it's as bad, not worse, is uh, The Last Hard Man. Have you guys ever heard that? Yeah. Uh, that that's one with uh, Sebastian Bach Sebastian, and the yeah. Chick have the, you heard Have you heard that fucking album? From the Pixies. No, I've got it. I've oh. never listened to it. Oh my god, it's as bad as this. So you might like it, Ian. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> fucking terrible. <laughs> the one song that I love from the album, it was on his live album, the Strongest Man in the World. Yeah. It's great on the live album. You listen to that one, it's all fucking these horrible out of tune cellos playing during. It's like, what the fuck is this shit? So yeah, I pretty much. I don't know. Maybe it is a little better than the Cure. I think about it. <laughs> no way to cure rules. Oh uh, yeah. Right. All right. Yeah, rules that suck. All right. <laughs> well, be- before Ralph dies of AIDS, 
Nate, why don't you take the first track, 100 Years? 100 Years. This is my favorite track on the album, actually. Um, I, I really love... <laughs> Shut up, Vieira! <laughs> I really love that synth-pop-type drum intro, and uh, Robert oh, Smith God. comes in with that great guitar part, and the keyboards kind of join in. It gives us a... It's a it's a real booty feel. I, I don't know a better way to describe it. Um, booty and it, feel? Boot very no not booty booty. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's very prevalent throughout this uh, entire album. Um, that I love the opening lyric. Uh, it doesn't matter if we all die yep. because to me, <laughs> <laughs> like like hello we all do die you idiot. <laughs> well, it basically describes how the song is going to end. Because, you know, for me, it kind of takes you through a life. Uh, it, it seems like to me with a woman that was supposed to be happy, uh, but it wasn't. And it, but it ends with a violent death is what it sounds like to me. Um, Closes is talking about the uh, inevitable state that is death. Um, we all die one after the other. I think that because of uh, all the drugs and, um, you know, the alcohol, Robert Smith's depression at the time. The title 100 Years just kind of simply uh, signifies that um, no matter how long or short life was, it fucking felt like an eternity. I just think he was going through some really deep, dark shit at the time. He was describing what the sound felt like to Ralph. It's yeah. <laughs> a great song, man. That's like six and a half minutes of bliss for me. <laughs> All right, righty, I'll take this next. Um, well... Man, uh, I'm going to have to agree with you on this. This is my favorite track on the album. And, and uh, I, I feel the same way uh, when those uh, robot drums start and then the, the, the drone of the guitar on this, I just love. Oh, and, yeah. and, and then, you know, like you mentioned, you know, lyrically how it starts out, it just lets you know <laughs> what kind of album this is. And it, set, it sets the tone perfect for the album because if, if you don't like this, you're really gonna hate the rest of the album. Uh, <laughs> and I also love I love the bass work on this by Simon Gallup. I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he would leave shortly after this, and when he left, smart guy. When, when he well he came back, but when he left, Dummy. You, you saw that <laughs> the uh, the music got a lot lighter on the next album. The top is a lot more like happy shit. Uh, yeah, but, not uh, as happy guess, as Friday I would love, though. Jesus. Yeah, 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 not that bad. I but I, I mean, close. I, I mean, close in mood, but better. It's, you know, better songs. Sure. But, I guess the but, critics uh, got to them. Oh, they're so dark. <laughs> hey, let's listen to the critics and get a little more happy, you fucking posters. Thank you. So, uh, but yeah, man, this one, they and they always play this one. And, you know, I'd be pissed if I ever went to see them and they didn't. I mean, it's just got epic all over it. Uh, and like I said, Per, the perfect song to start out the album too, you know, uh, because it does just set the pace for it, which is a slow pace. <laughs> um, if I have any critique about the album, it would be uh, that it is too uh, kind of stays in that same groove. It doesn't deviate that much, like a lot of other Cure albums do. Uh, there's a lot, lot of different styles and textures going on. This, this is kind of a one note, and if you don't like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna. You're not gonna enjoy the album, but but an album this uh, this depressing isn't meant to be enjoyed. It's you know it's it's meant to be just like you're in that state of mind and and you either empathize with it or you don't. Uh, and, and I'm not a gloomy guy, but I, you know I do like some gloomy music, and uh, 
you know, I wasn't depressed or anything today, but, it, you know, it just, it was perfect for the dark day I had here, and uh, was a great soundtrack. Love this song. Ralph! <laughs> All right, well, believe it or not, I'm going to agree with both you bone smugglers. This was the only one that had a, the, the song that had the element that I liked. All right? Well, it's, but it starts with that terrible 80s fake drumming sound that made me made me miss the drum sound on 5150. It's that bad. And that annoying riff. It's like it's like you know you know when you were in kindergarten and and that one annoying kid it just reminds me of that annoying kid coming to school with a Marshall lamp and a guitar going, look, I just learned how to play guitar and played that riff over and over again. That riff went on for 100 years. <laughs> it's an annoying riff. Then Robert Smith comes in, in with that eerie keyboard that is pretty dark. I actually like it, believe it or not. The little verses, if you take away the annoying drumming and that riff, is a bit too much. Um... It would have been a better song with a better riff, better drums, and shaved down into a two-minute song. So there, that's the best thing I can say about this whole fucking album. This song was like the only one that had like an element that I was like, well, this is okay. This ain't bad. I mean, actually, it was really good, but it was just surrounded by crap. It's like if you fucking put like you know a delicious, a delicious drumstick uh, covered in shit. Thank you. <laughs> All right, All right, let me go to the next one, please. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Short-term effect. Did this guy just learn guitar? <laughs> and boy, does this drum, down, drum sound suck as much as Robert Smith does. Uh, did you know, did you, oh, and, I, and here's something that you Smith fan probably don't know, but I got inf inside information. You, you homos, you cum jugglers don't know. Um, <clears throat> did you know that Robert Smith before he plays each show backstage, he puts on his lipstick on perfectly, but then after a few cocks throw fuck him and smear his <laughs> lipstick, then he's ready to hit the stage. I did, did not you know, know that. guys know? Yeah. I, yeah, it, I was it, I was it, not aware. I, I always thought he wiped lipstick. it on his sleeve. That, that's no, not the case. No, huh? he wiped it on cocks. Ah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They 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 throw fuck him and his lips get all smeared. He's like, okay, I'm ready to go now. Uh, how how much is that meet and greet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bushy. How much is it? A hundred dollars. Hundred bucks. And oh my God, is this song pointless? That's my review of Short Term Effect. <laughs> all right, <laughs> Nate. What do you think? Oh, good God, that's fucking funny. Uh, the intro sonically kind of gives us a glimpse of what the cure would become later. Why do you use the word sonically? Why do I use sonically? Because I like to listen to songs as a whole. I don't always just concentrate on lyrics. I, I listen to it as an entire sound. Google is your friend, okay? Go look up sonically and see what sonically means. There ain't nothing sonic about this shit. Hey, hey, hey. Shut up. <laughs> I got nothing better than that. But it does show us what they're going to become, a more poppy uh, poppy sound. Uh, Kenny G I... is more sonic than this shit. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do a review here. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, while I do dig the lyrics to this song, uh, depressed <laughs> though they are, the music on this track's very garbled, uh, for lack of a better term. 
there, there's just too much going on. The lyrics are pure poetry. Music is pure noise. In fact, because of that, this is the only song I dislike on this album. Not a fan. Wow. Ooh. All Ooh. Right. How, how cutting edge are you? <laughs> uh, Love now, you, Ralph. Now, this is one I, I, I agree with you on, on the lyrics. I like them, you know, as, as dark as they are. Uh, almost kind of, you know, more Morrison-esque a little bit because it makes no sense. But, but yet you can, you can tell he's not happy. Right, uh, but this is the one that I was questioning. I, you know, I even listened to it a couple times. Like, man, did you know? Did the tape fuck up in the in the studio? Because there's there's parts where the tempo is just it's so like out of sync. And I was wondering, like, is is this you know? And I got I got the fucking remastered on, on, on CD, and I was like, is, is this a mistake or is this something like just? like an experimentation they did or is this a mistake because they were so fucked up on drugs the uh, only mistake i see is you buying the remaster <laughs> i wanted those bonus tracks baby yeah uh bon- boner tracks <laughs> but uh yeah this one it, it definitely not a good one to follow up the genius that is a hundred years uh <laughs> but uh but it's not my least favorite but I would I would say it's definitely uh, towards the bottom for me. But I think things pick right back up with the next song, which is the only single off the album, "The Hanging Garden." Yeah, this one I, I absolutely love. I love the bass line on it. Uh, it reminds me very much. Sounds like Peter Hook from uh, from Joy Division and New Order. I mean, it just I mean it's right out front, great in the mix and the drumming. I I, I love just like. Uh, I don't know if they like triple tracked it or what, but just like that banging almost <coughs> almost tribal beat, and you can see where you know people like Manson, you know, influence and stuff like this, because you know you can hear a lot of the drumming, that style, that like almost like a marching uh, tribal thing in his music. Uh, re- really dig this one. This I-, I can see why this is the single, uh, you know, and I-, I think it was good for the time. I mean, when you got other stuff, you know, out, you know. Like what Susie and the Banshees were doing, what Public Image Limited was doing, and uh, New Order. Uh, always been a favorite one of mine because you know it was on Standing on the Sea, the Greatest Hits collection. Absolutely love it. What do you think, Nate? Ah, uh, Hanging Garden. Uh, it, it's almost prototypical Cure after this album, um, as far as, especially as far as that bass line goes. I know I hear that later on in the Cure. Um, I get why the label used this as a single. Um, I love how it's sung, but I wish it was more guitar. Hell, I, I wish you knew what the fuck Robert Smith was even talking about in this track. He was <laughs> talking about something hanging and it's not a garden. Yeah, yeah dr- drugs are bad is what I have to say about this. I actually think there's a better song than this that, that could have been used for the single. But uh, I, I, I definitely don't skip it. I just... This, this is your, your fear and loathing in Las Vegas. I don't know what the fuck's going on here, but I do dig the song. I don't skip it. All right. Ralph, Ralph would you skip this song? <laughs> Shit, I'd skip this whole fucking album. This song. Listen to it well, twice. This is a different drum machine beat going on. Uh, it's too bad. It sounds like he took the Tampax out of his vagina and used them as drumsticks. Uh, the bass playing is not bad, all right? There. <laughs> Look, I said something else positive. 
it's okay. It's not bad. Hey, you would like that but, other song then. I got to remember what song that is. No, I won't, Nate. Haven't <laughs> <laughs> you done enough damage, Nate? I'm not going to listen to The Cure ever again. And Ian, if you want to review a Cure album, do it without me. Go on one of those other homo fucking podcasts and do it. <laughs> Like Faith No More and shit like Shit, I'll take Faith No More over this crap. Um, yeah, uh, but this song is repetitious as fuck. Sorry, Bill. But I think it, it would not sound bad if I was like on 12 bits of ass. Um, and how about those lyrics, huh? Fall, fall, fall into the walls. Jump, jump out of time. Fall, fall, fall out of the sky. Cover my face as the animals die in the hanging garden oh wow what poetry oh this guy is such a genius for me to poop on <laughs> yeah I, I i dude i agree with you i don't know what the hell he's talking about there <laughs> but it sounds good sonically yes <laughs> no you think those lyrics are bad wait till the next fucking album oh the next song Ooh, ouch Damn. Boy, you want to talk about how I can't identify and you almost can? Wait till we get to the fucking Siamese Twins one. Woo! Well, that's all I got to say. Artsy fartsy garbage. Fuck the Hanging Garden. All right, well, go ahead and take Siamese Twins. This is like something like, you know, that's a music, that's a song to hang yourself in a garden to. All right, Siamese Twins. What the fuck, man? This is some emo bullshit right here. Droning bullshit with artsy-fartsy bullshit. Dancing in my pocket. Worms eat my skin. She glows and grows. She grows? Hello? I, I don't think it's a she that's growing. It's DJ Lee. <laughs> Ouch. I, did, I did not say that, but goddamn, I agree with that. And, um, but no, no, these are the best lyrics right here. With arms outstretched. Her legs wrap around me. In the morning, I cried. Yeah, he cried because he finally got the pussy. What the <laughs> hell is this shit? Come on, you two. Tell me. Tell me you two, you both don't want to fucking lock cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with this artsy fartsy bullshit. You know, fucking, I miss Jim Morrison now. You know? Oh. Like a squirming, like a toad. That's just genius now to me. <laughs> Fucking fuck this shit. I swear to God, this is like the worst fucking shit ever. I mean, I knew they were bad. You know, I, I was like, oh man, I, I don't like the cure. I'm gonna... Then I listened to it. I was like, oh my God, I actually have been schooled. This is worse than I thought. <laughs> Siamese twins. <laughs> the more That's you know. Review. That's yeah. Yeah, the more you know, the more it blows. All right, that's all I that's all I got to say about this shit. Nate? <laughs> oh, this is the one I thought should have been the single. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh it doesn't surprise me. He like oh. picked this fucking album. <laughs> I absolutely adore this song. <laughs> I love the music. It's it's so simplistic, but it sets such a dire mood. And uh, you couple that with Robert Smith delivering these lyrics so sad, so desperate. To me, they speak of a man that got to fuck the girl of his dreams expecting lifelong love, only to find it's a one-night stand. And he cried. <laughs> well, you he's know, emotional. You Leave him alone. Twin. 
should have been a Siamese twin fucking attached to Richard Simmons. <laughs> Here's the funny part, speaking of hobos. Uh, the strangest part of this song is that I, I hear ABBA's uh, SOS. Hey, don't you dare go there. <laughs> <laughs> when he sings that line, Sing out loud, we all die. Dude, I'm telling you. <laughs> Hey, hey, All Nate, you Nate, need Nate. is SOS in there. You've got that song. Nate, Nate, rehab <laughs> is your friend. <laughs> no, I, I love that song. It's uh, it, it, it's in my top, top, top four of that album. I absolutely love it. Wow. <clears throat> Can't believe you didn't hear ABBA in there. <laughs> All that ABBA talk, you didn't hear ABBA. No, I just heard a homo. I didn't hear no girl. <laughs> I, heard a guy, I heard a guy crying because he got laid from a girl. <laughs> She Maybe wrapped it her been arms a while. around me, her legs around me, and in the morning I cried. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Let's hear Ian's fucking review on this one, Mister. Oh man, Cockrock was all about fun, and then grunge ruined it all. All right, <clears throat> I gotta say, even though I hate to admit, I agree with Ralph a hundred percent on this one. <laughs> wow! Look, Ian's got pubes. <laughs> I, I was wondering exactly how this gangbang was going to end, but I think we're all sitting in the front seat. Nate, you're in the middle, and we're going and pretend you're going skiing. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Those are small poles, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Do the downhill swallow. Um, yeah, this one, this is definitely my least favorite on here. Um, and it, <coughs> it's not so much the lyrics; it's just musically. This one really goes nowhere for me. I, I mean, it just it, it st- there's just almost no variation to me, uh, and, and that's man, I can't believe you think this would be a single, but uh, hey, <laughs> you like Sammy Hagar? Yeah. Oh, there's no way I was going to be able to be here without you doing that once. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, hey, like I said, I, I love the Cure. I, I love the album, but this one is a turd. I miss Sammy Hagar. <laughs> you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen. The Cure. Right. <laughs> yeah, this... miss Sammy. <laughs> I think I think Sammy's gonna be my pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! Woo. Well, Nate, why don't you flip this sad sack over and see if he gets any happier? <laughs> yeah. Why do we not see that happening? All right, the figurehead. It's possibly the deepest lyrics on the album uh, the extreme ha- uh, hatred self-loathing that he's expressing in the song to me it's just really heartbreaking when he says I laughed in the mirror for the first time in a year you see a man he, he's basically on the verge of insanity you know he's suffering from sleep deprivation he feels <laughs> worthless sounds to me like he's in a downward spiral of too much opium and sex is referenced by the uh, <coughs> what is it the Chinese art and American girls you know, uh, that line in there. By the end of the song, you see what a self-loathing uh, is as bad as it could possibly be. I can never say no to anyone but you. My interpretation of that is he gives and gives, but he's empty inside. I, I love this song. It's actually my second favorite track on the album. Great tune. All right. Um, this one, I do love the lyrics on this one. Uh, the, 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 mu- the music, though... Uh, again, to me, this one suffers. It's not as not as bad as Siamese uh, Twin, but it just I, I wish it was more uh, adventurous eh, or at least kind of going in a different direction. Uh, 
because the lyrics I, I really do enjoy, but it's just, I, I want a little bit more adventure. And you would get a lot more, you know, once uh, Porl Thompson would join the band, uh, you saw him really develop more musically. I mean, that guy was incredible. I mean, when Page and Plant, you know, went on tour, he they picked him as the guitar player with them. I mean, real talented musician. Porl is uh, amazing. And, and they could have they used something like that on, on this album. But then again, I mean, for what they achieved, what they wanted to do with this. I mean, they said they wanted to make, like, the darkest, most depressing, because, uh, you know, finale, because, you know, they were talking about breaking up after this. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that was already being discussed in the studio. Like, let's just do this and go out on a bad note. You know, on a, on a, on a sad note. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I love the lyrics, but musically, yeah, there's just uh, something lacking. But I don't, I don't hate the song, and I wouldn't skip it. What do you think, Rob? Uh, the figurehead. This song uh, is about Robert seeing some random dude and said, yeah, I'll figure I'll give him a head. Uh, <laughs> another ah. droning bore fest. Oh, look, so cutting edge. Both of you should rub your wrist on that edge, okay? You whining <laughs> fuck boy. Seriously. I know it. I song. hate grudge. Go figure, huh? <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, fuck. Did, did, I'm sorry, but grunge takes a back seat to this shit when it comes to whining. Seriously. <laughs> Love this stuff. Yeah, can you're I take so, the next one? You're so oh. mean. <laughs> lyrically, this I shit. This, this, lyrically, this does make corn sound like fucking Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> you know, I, I, and I gotta say this. It, you know, obviously both of you, you know, uh, are at least at least man enough to take uh, my my hatred. But you know, there's a bunch of douchebag Cure fans that are listening to this now, going, "Fuck that guy, fuck him." You know, with a, with a worse list than me. Yeah, but, but, he, he's making me really mad. But, he he doesn't understand the cure. I hate this Dr. Fuck guy. He doesn't know good music. Well, let me tell you something. I'm glad you're mad because if it wasn't for fucking idiots like you, I wouldn't be reviewing this shit. They'd be as popular as the shoes. Remember the shoes from the early 80s? Remember? Exactly you don't. And I wish the cure was the same way. I wish they would have fucking broke up if they, because if they did break up back then, neither of you two bozos would have known this, and I wouldn't be subjected to this fucking crap. Now I'll take the next one. The next one's called Cold. And to no. keep up with the grunge. No, you skipped you know? one. Skipped one. Huh? A Strange Day is next. All right, I skipped it, so I don't know it. So good. I ain't going to talk about it. Uh, let me just say, chances are it sucks. I, I, <laughs> hey, wouldn't it be funny if it ruled? So, so let me not. Hey, wait, wait, wait. Here, here, here's my review for it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> no, I, 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 I guess YouTube didn't have that one. Because oh, I listened to this garbage on YouTube. Yes, Damn. I don't own this. Shit. I, I, I think, uh, I, I think you would have liked that one. Yeah, I yeah. actually do too. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe it was meant for me not to listen. To. <laughs> yeah, because you know? that that would have been the one that would have broke the iceberg man and you would have been a full-fledged cure fan <laughs> yeah because maybe you know but then again you think about it it's like well maybe you know there is a cock out there that's very tasty it might turn me gay so it's good <laughs> good i didn't hear this one i'd rather stay hetero thank you i like the vagina too much not getting too gay guys but go ahead listen to the mentors and then get back to me how that fucking disturbed you all you right i mean well nate since he doesn't know it why don't you take a strange day all right, Strange Day. I think this is a great fucking tune. 
It actually has uh, some of Robert Smith's best guitar work on the album. It has a very, um, it, you know, it's kind of early 80s new wave feel. Lyrically, I, he kind of had a, I, I think, he had a moment of clarity. You know, through that drug haze and his depression, you know, before his depressed reality came rushing back in. He has a moment of clarity. He's starting to see the good. I dig this song. I think it's fucking great. Love it. Uh, I, I agree with you. I, I love this one, and this is what I was waiting for earlier. You know, something just a little bit different. This just has that little bit of a different flavor. To me, it reminds me of, of almost like Gary Newman, you know, of some early two-way army shit. It's just a little bit brighter than everything else on the record. And, uh, you know, when you were talking about there's another song you thought would have been the single, I thought for sure it was this one. Uh, definitely love this second favorite on the album. Wish there would have been a few more like this, you know, just to break up, uh, you know, the sadness a little bit. Still not the happiest lyrics, but uh, but yeah, it, it's it's bright compared to everything else. Oh sure, and, and as you're listening to it, he, you know, this the song takes you on this journey, you know, where you know he's down, but all of a sudden he's seeing things, you know, he's no, oh this is good, this is good, this is good, that everything just crushes back in on him, you know, at the end of it, he's back into his funk. Yeah, I could agree more. It's a great song, and I would rethink that single thing after I'm rethinking this song. Yeah, beautiful, great. Yeah, tune. and when I read the lyrics, I always imagined like the old guy on the cover of Standing on the Sea. Right. You know, uh, <coughs> it just evoked that imagery. Yeah, I really like this song. Great. Well, I'm listening great to it now on my headphones, and it reminds me a lot of uh, Down at the Park by Gary Newman. Yeah, that's what I said. I said it, it reminded me of Gary Newman. <laughs> Yeah, that song. I like that song, Down in the Park. But yeah. this one sounds like Down in the Park with a whining singer. <laughs> all right, there you oh, go. Oh, sure. Pavarotti gets all kind of respect as a tenor, but not Robert Smith, huh? I like Pavarotti's voice. <laughs> Nessa Domer, that shit's awesome. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. I don't either. I love that it. shit. You see, I'm not I'm not so one-sided, you fucking idiots <laughs> out there. That, oh, he can't accept shit that's different. Hey, I love classical. I think fucking Wagner's a genius. Yeah, I, I listen to a lot of fucking weird shit, man, but this is not one of them. I'm sorry, I just can't identify. You know what it is, too? It's that, you know, there's just something so strange about you 80s kids with your Transformers and, and G.I. Joe after he didn't have the Kankuru grip anymore when he was a fucking idiot cartoon. You know, I mean, I grew up with G.I. Joe on commercials. We didn't have no fucking stupid cartoon. We had the G.I. No, Joe with the Kankuru grip. You played with Barbie dolls. I get it. No, I didn't play with Barbie dolls. I played with... Come on! Tell me you don't play with fucking Barbie dolls. They were 16-inch figures. They were Barbie dolls. Yeah, exactly. But they had a fucking beard and, and a crew cut. You know? You play with actual Barbie dolls, you know? You know, no, I'm sorry. Ken dolls. But, you know... But the Malibu and he had a Mercedes. I'm sorry. 70s rules over you 80s fucking... With your fucking My Little Buddy and... And fucking my pony, whatever the fuck. No, fuck my buddy. I would not have one of those dolls. Yeah, yeah, right. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> my dad would not allow me to have a doll. I had King. I had the fuck. I had the fucking King. I had the GI Joe with the Kung Fu grip, like a man. That's why when I masturbate, bro, I do it with the Kung Fu grip. Hell yeah, like a man. You guys ma ma masturbate by rubbing your vaginas. 
<laughs> it's called look a at this video. <laughs> now all of a sudden, this guy comes out of a wall with his. Oh my! Oh look, his, his lipstick is on right. This is before he gets throw fucked. Oh look shit! At, you're watching, dude. I've never even seen the video. That's amazing. yeah. There's a video. Yeah, they have a video for it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm looking at it now. Oh man, I'm gonna watch that later. Yeah. I thought there was only a video for Hanging Garden. I know. I'm all it's, excited it's, about it's, it's not live, Ralph. Well, I'm, no, it's a it's an actual video. Oh and, shit. I, and I'm I'm very sad that I know this trivia over you guys. Shows you, shows you how your pure fans Plus, are. You see, okay, see me when I'm into a band, I know the vi- uh, videography, I know everything. You guys are just too fucking busy fiddling with your anus to fucking take time to look at fucking. Hey, we were too to- sad to turn on the computer. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I actually had a uh, that that old uh, oh, what was it? It was a VHS tape. Oh, orange. No. No, but uh, it had everything. It was oh. during the disintegration era. Made, no, it's during the mixed up era because Never Enough was on there. I had that VHS tape, so Never Enough, the video was on there. And oh, then Never back. Enough, that's that gay porn John Holmes did, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. Never Enough, that 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 whole thing's about cocks. Uh, all right. Can I take the next crappy song, Cold? Yes, go ahead. <clears throat> I'm telling you, like I said, man, listen to this song. It's like these guys... I'm telling you, man, they make grunge look like happy dudes. This fucking guy in this song makes Eddie Vedder look like David Lee Roth. <laughs> it's great whoa, whoa, music whoa. to Come hang. Come on, that bad? That bad? Yeah, it's that bad. <laughs> but but I gotta admit, this this is great music to hang yourself in the bathroom with with a Reddick elastic exercise band. Oh. Too soon? Oh my god, Nate, you're laughing at that. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I don't like grunge. I'm like four down, one to go, motherfucker. Aww, Chris Cornell was a fucking. Bam! Awesome too friend. soon! No, I, I love Chris Cornell. And, I, and you know what? I'm not jumping Beautiful on the bandwagon. <laughs> Soundgarden <laughs> fans, don't get mad at Ralph because it, it just came out. Uh, I don't know if you guys went on Blabbermouth today. That uh, actually, what they found out was. Nate paid uh, Chris Cornell $100 to be on his podcast, and he said he wanted to review The Cure. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Chris Cornell was so depressed. (laughs) No, I was too, man. I went to that store, and they didn't have no red elastic exercise bands. Chris Cornell called me up. He said, oh, my God, he wants to do The Cure. And I said, that's all right, man. Hang in there, buddy. You'll be all right. Hang in there, buddy. (laughs) Ouch. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Okay. Hang so, in there, Nate. Uh, yeah, I'm glad we got to talk about actual good bands for a little bit during this stupid review. All now right. let's get let's get back to the misery. All right, Nate. What do you think of Cold? Cold. This song's interesting. Yeah, Robert Smith on the cello. You know, it's kind of different, but for me, it works. And it, it it sets the mood yet again. You get that heavy driving drum beat coming in, followed by those strange almost ethereal sounding keyboards it's beautiful those lyrics I, I you know what i tell you what i got a question has a woman just ever killed you inside like this i mean holy shit though that your name like ice into my heart and then everything as cold as life can no one save you this song really reminds me of me this reminds me of begging lady's mother to get off the fucking drugs and I was only responded to with silence 
This is a great tune. It's got a lot of great pain in it. I actually relate to this song. It's well, short, now that you mentioned those lyrics, that's probably why I like Chinese democracy now. <laughs> <laughs> you cocksucker, you. <laughs> Seriously, this girl destroyed me so much, I think Chinese democracy is a great album. <laughs> no, I, what I'm saying is I, I, I understand. This song, because a, a lot of the times I, I, I cannot relate to anything Robert Smith's saying, but I, I enjoy it. This one I can actually relate to without the whole wanting to cut my wrist thing. I, it, it's, my, it's actually my third favorite song on the album. Can I ask you a question, Nate? Go ahead. Because I'm a little perplexed with what you said. Um, if you can't get into it, how can you enjoy it if you can't get into it? I didn't say I couldn't get into it. I don't always understand his lyrics. Rewind the tape. You said, well, there's a lot of things I can't get into, but I nope. enjoy it. Well, that's not what I meant. What I mean is I I, I, I I don't get what he's talking about a lot of the time. You don't mean you like this album too, right? You're just pulling my leg. Shut the fuck up. I you love it. You both are fucking with I, In fact, I think when we hear this back, I'm going to find out you're fucking with me, and I said exactly what I thought I said in the first place. Uh, no. <laughs> you'll, you'll hear this episode. You said it. You said it clearly. A lot of things I can't relate, but I enjoy it. But this one I can't relate right, to. Right. I can't relate to lyrically. Right. Okay, musically. Okay, I get it. That makes more sense. All right. No, no. I, I, I'm not making a joke. If you enjoy it musically and not lyrically, then I can understand how you can enjoy it. But like by saying, well, I can't relate to his uh, lyrics, but I enjoy it makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, not everything I'm going to say is goofing on you, dude. <laughs> we, we never know. <laughs> Just the not. good stuff. <laughs> Just the good stuff. Like, like I'm very eclectic with my, with my bashing and being friendly. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I, I I totally get what you're saying about that, uh, Nate, because I'm kind of that way with uh, the Doors. I love the Doors and I love Morrison's voice, but half the, I have no idea what the fuck he's singing about. But just the way it sounds, like his voice with that music, I enjoy yeah. it. Even though I don't get anything out of it lyrically, you know what I mean? Like it, like oh, that lyric moves me. It doesn't move me, but it just sounds so fucking good. Um, so I, I, I do have, oh, I do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I, I just want to say one more thing about Cole. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm done. I think you should go back and re-listen to this. Yeah. 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 I, I think I should punch you in the face. <laughs> Hopefully August, you get the shot. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, but, but as far as what I think of the song, uh, man, is this guy sad. And the funny thing I put on this, Chinese democracy. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah. yes, uh, you know, and, and I, have, I have an album. You know, I have an album that I love so much that I relate to every fucking lyric, every song. It's in, in my top, like, ten albums of all time. But what no, is it, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive? No, no, uh, Gentlemen by the Afghan Wigs. And that is my that is my <laughs> breakup Wigs. album. And But it, it's like nobody else gets into it, you know? Ralph's breakup album is Chinese Democracy. Nobody gets it but him. Well, and also, uh, no, actually, I will even put Ride On from uh, ACDC over Chinese Democracy when it comes to breakup, because that one really helped me a lot in the early... When, back when I was a right, pussy, right. Actually, but really every everybody about. loves that song. That's universally Great, loved. Too. You know, yeah. we're talking about yeah, shit nobody else likes. Yeah, but I gotta I gotta say, I mean, Ride On means more to me than Chinese Democracy. You know, even if it is more well known, it hits me more than it does 
trying some oxy. Right, you know? but what I'm saying though is you can still anybody can enjoy uh, ACDC, but a woman's really got to fuck your head up. To, to go, oh yeah, Chinese democracy <laughs> makes sense. Oh my god, you know, like you really got to yeah, be good. pushed. You got to be pushed to the fucking edge, you know. Dude, I and, really love Chinese democracy. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gay as me. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but no, I, I mean, I I can I can see, uh, you know, you got a lot of personal attachment with this album, you know, and, and you know you got, you know, and, and, and I guess that's what, that's what really matters at the end of the day, not what anybody else thinks about it, but what you get when you listen to it. And, and you can relate to it. I mean, as long as it's not fucking Sammy. But uh, <laughs> this it, song in particular. But 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 this this is one like this song. I I, I mean I, I I get you know he's really fucked up over, but it just doesn't grab me that way. But I get you know I I don't know. I think it's the music for this one again. Uh, it is even though I mean you have different elements like the cello and everything. I do find it a little bit more one dimensional. You know, and I, I like. You know, that's, like I said, my only problem with this album is so much of it is the same or, like, even songs get on that one note and kind of stay there. But my favorite ones are the ones like 100 Years and, uh, and uh, what was it, A Strange Day, you know, where, where there's much more different stuff going on. Yeah, uh, actually, the little clip I just heard of Strange Days was, like, it reminded me of Down in the Park, so therefore, you know, right. it's actually, it doesn't sound like this fucking album. Right, no, and that, that's... Know? No, that's why we weren't joking when we thought, like, hey, you might actually like that one. <laughs> yeah, for real. I, I, I do, was totally I like, expecting finally a good review from them. <laughs> I liked, well, I did with 100 Years. A 100 bit. Years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, you know, like, uh, and it's a good name for this song, Cold, because it keeps my penis fucking soft. <laughs> <laughs> like the actual cold. All right. Well, Ralph, what do you think of the last song? Yay! Pornography. We're down to the end. <laughs> Pornography, the title track. What kind of porno was this douche watching to make a song like this? Is this even a song? It's just a bunch of jumble farts entwined with some shit sauce. So this dude must be into scat porn, I guess. (laughs) I am proud to say I hate this fucking album. And that I'm done with this bullshit. You're going to have to do a show without me if you ever want to review this shit this shit Banaganian. <laughs> I would rather listen to Van Hagar's dreams and feel so good on a constant loop than ever be subjected to this fucking hey, garbage. Hey, why, why are you coming after me? I didn't pay a hundred bucks for this. <laughs> <laughs> and like I like said, it. it was money well fucking spent. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I got a, I got a feeling that, that this, this episode will produce like one more person to come up with like a hundred bucks. <laughs> well, let me t- let me tell you something, Ian. The reason why I attack you, at least fucking, at least Nate put a hundred bucks in cheapskate. <laughs> <laughs> you fuck. You know, at least I gotta throw some at you, you cheap bastard. <laughs> and I think I even, I, and you know what, man? How much did I put into this stupid rock and pot? Uh, I put more than fucking Nate, I'm sure. No, no, nobody's beating nah, Nate. You're a liar. Uh, you lie in your breast thing. Let me see. Oh, let me look at the list. Yeah, dude, I'm way over 200. Are you kidding me? I think I already put in 200 and then those request songs and all that shit. Uh, yeah, I did. Big time. Yeah, totally. Totes. For totes. real. Oh, oh, yeah, you do have them beat by 20 bucks. Yeah, that's right. There you go. In your face. Yeah, I'll drop 25 tonight just to be a dick. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put more in. You're about to get fired anyway. Don't worry. I'll... <laughs> I ain't getting fired. <laughs> 
<laughs> Son of a bitch. I'll still, I'll still have money. <laughs> oh, boy. I ain't oh, saving God. my beer to go to work. <laughs> hey, I got to do what you got to do. I got a daughter to take care of. I, don't, I, I, I can't live wild or free, man. I got responsibilities that yeah, are outside that box, so. You're an idiot, man. My daughters, I dumped them right away. <laughs> hey, I'm going out for a pack of cigarettes. I'll be right back. That's what men do. You know, here I was going to sing your praises for taking that time out at the Las Vegas Diner or the Nevada Diner, whatever the fuck it was. This guy took time out to hang with Lady for a few minutes, signed her T-shirt, made her fucking day, took some pictures with her. Because to, to Lady, Ralph's a big fucking rock star. That's right. So I want to say... Publicly, and to you, only said and it's to you, <laughs> publicly, to you, I'm an amazing. Uh, to you, I'm an amazing actor. You saw that De Niro performance I did. Like I actually cared. Uh, yeah, right. But you know, I'm, I'm kidding, dude. Well, you're right now. I want to say thank I you because you made your day. No, I love, I love your girl. I, I, believe me, that that whole thing with her crying when I left her the message, it, it really did warm my heart. It made me miss the daughters I never knew. <laughs> and it, and it, it doesn't change the fact if Ralph knew you were going to pick this album, he never would have done that nice stuff. <laughs> exactly. I would have slapped your daughter. <laughs> Makes me pissed I'm off and turned bad girl when he took the stage. Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it makes me pissed off that I turned into a fad girl when he took the stage. <laughs> Here's the funniest part about that night. You know, I hang out with Ralph and Alex, you know, the band. It's Scott Stein. Scott Stein's a great guy. We're having dinner, just bullshitting. We're standing outside, I'm smoking a cigarette, we're bullshitting, taking pictures. While all the other bands are playing, we're hanging out, we're bullshitting, I'm getting progressively more and more drunk. And it's just Nate and Ralph hanging out. This fucker gets on stage, and look, if you guys have not had the chance to go out and see Dr. Fuck perform, because it's a different person, you've got to go see it. Because as soon as Thrasher Die took the stage, this guy wasn't Ralph Vieira anymore. This was Dr. Fuck. He commands the stage like no one I've ever seen. It was amazing. And I totally fangirled the fuck out. I was screaming and hollering. I had an absolute blast. It's a great thing to see. Go see it. Thank you so much, Nate. And I don't mean to, like, toot my own horn, but, boy, I've heard that a lot, that I'm an amazing front man. Oh, dude, I, 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 I give a fuck. It was awesome. I, I fangirled out and didn't expect it. It was like, hey, it's a buddy of mine. They're like, ah! That's why I get so, that's why I go, get so pissed off at fucking Stephen Pearson and shit. It's like, dude, you have all these people that love you and you don't like interact with them at all, you know? It's like I come from the school of David Lee Roth, Dee Snyder, and Phil himself. You know, th- those to me are real front men. You get up on stage and you fucking you become the audience. You let them know. I don't go up there and beat my chest. I go up there and say, hey, you could probably kick my ass, but I can fuck your mom. That's the fu- that to me is a front man. Somebody that shows you they're not perfect. They are just you. But, you know, the only difference between me and the audience is that I don't know if they would want to fuck my mom as much as I want to fuck their mom. That's the only difference. You don't. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> I don't care. I wanted to say thanks because I haven't had a chance to do it. So thanks for the thing you did for Lady. It was amazing. And thanks yeah, for that I love, show. I love it was amazing. She's, she's, she's just too fucking cute. And she was awesome in person. You know, she wasn't too shy. I thought, you know, I was like, you know, how kids are usually shy. And shit. Right. Yeah, she was. She was cool, man. She, uh, you know, she handled herself well, and she wasn't like a fangirl to me. She just was like, 
happy to meet me and she was cool she was awesome and i, and I was really happy to finally meet her you know i thought it was going to go differently i thought i would i had i'd have to work it a little bit to make her feel comfortable but no she was very comfortable with 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 the fuckster did did she pass uh, did she pass you a note that says help me? <laughs> no, but I but but oddly enough I did pass gas. I don't know if you noticed. But I have a gas pump. No, it was it was it was a great moment. I just wanted to, I wanted all the, the the fans of you and Ian and the show and uh, your bands to know that you know what a super cool fucking guy you are and you know take a time out because we had tried to set it up and we kept having logistical issues and I was stuck in Manhattan when you were just about ready so you know take a time out in the middle of your fucking meal was awesome and, and to her like i said you just made her day absolutely amazing and i, I can yeah. never thank you enough no you're welcome dude yeah i know it was a bit of a clusterfuck but that's how it always is during even when i play local shows when you're in a band you have so much to deal with so much bullshit to take care of that it's hard to make time for people like that that's why like after i play is when i really hang out with people but you know, before a show, I gotta warm up my voice. I gotta make sure the band knows what we're doing. I gotta remember what song we're gonna open up with. I gotta do a hundred million things that once I'm done playing, it's okay. Now it's time to hang out with people because I don't have to stress about the show anymore. Because there's uh, just so much, and also even before getting to the venue is a pain in the ass. Even when I drive myself to a local show, it's like people, hey, can you get me in the gas? You know, and I'm like. Dude, I'm just trying to get my guitar player to the show, you know, and I got to get my merch over there and got to see who's going to sell my merch. And there's just so much involved, you know. But then again, you know, I I do all this, and then in the end of the day, I don't write a song called Cold. <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. All right. Well, <laughs> Nate, what do you think of the title track? Am uh, I done with talking about the title track? No, you talk have... about it. <laughs> then you start talking about you. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I, I had to take your mind off of the end there. <laughs> uh, you, you've never seen you never seen the videos online about uh, Eddie and the Boozers. Now that guy, that singer knows how to you know. Not not only does he like interject with the with the crowd, he gets them to get them get them beer and shit. That's that's awesome. right. That's right. I bump money off of him. Exactly, <laughs> man. He and people actually pay him. That's charisma. <laughs> nice, nice. Maybe yeah. someday I'll have to make I, it out. That's what I do. I go out there and I'm like, I'm not leaving this fucking stage till I'm good and drunk. And they just buy me all kinds of beer. So I get the fuck out of there. Exactly. That's why the <laughs> Rock and Metal Combat podcast is so successful. Because you have two great front men that are up on stage. It's not like we're doing a show with a mummy. <laughs> it's a man, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't go there. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. You didn't go there. All right, Nate, talk about the frickin' song. <laughs> oh, my God. I got to get my guts in order here. Jesus. Uh, this song's to me about, uh, you know, it's a, it's a depression-induced homicidal rage. Uh, it, it's all pure vengeance. He's admitting that if he can't shake his depression, he's just going to solve it by killing this bitch. I, I'm assuming he's talking about the whole album. It, it seems like this whole album's about a woman. Uh, it's such an eerie lyric. And the opening with a backwards language... It's pure Satanism from the 80s. Uh, there's so much going on uh, uh, before the lyrics even start. And the music's so dark. Even Robert's guitar is sporadic, dark. It's, it, 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 dare I say, it borders on heavy. It, 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 it's a strange song, but I really think it's a great ending to a great album. I, I'm definitely a fan. Um, 
the, the kind of vision I get when I listen to it, like, you know, you hear like like a TV in a background, and I just, I picture this guy that's just like, like alone, just like, like the TV's on, but he's like oblivious to it, and, and, and just, you know, with the, you know, the soundscapes, it's like he's really about ready to, to lose his shit, and you question, you know, what kind of, you know, what is he under the influence of, you know, where's his head at? And yeah, you can definitely tell with, with the lyrics. Like, he's either going to kill somebody or himself. You know, I think some of it you can interpret like, you know, he's going to take himself out. And it is uh, it is a good way to end it. Uh, but I remember, like, the first time listening to it, I was like, man, is there even, like, a song here? Or is it just soundscape? Because, I mean, the, the lyrics don't even come in until halfway through the fucking song. Uh, but I, I actually dig it. And, man, this is... This is one, you know, you don't sit down and, and pick out a track. You know, that's why this is, you know, I want to get this on vinyl. Because it is one where, you know, once you put on, once 100 years starts, you're committed to the end. And Ralph thinks yeah, if you listen to it, you should it. be committed. <laughs> well, but, dude, no, I mean, and I'm not making a joke. I mean, that last song, it's not really music, though, right? It, to me, it sounds just like a bunch of garbled noises going out. Well, 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 till he's... What I get out of it, like like I said, it sounds like like there's like a movie or something playing on the TV, and it just and the way it's distorted, I get it like somebody's like really fu- like almost like uh, in uh, the wall, you know, when they show Geldof sitting there and the TV's on and the cigarettes burning his hand, and he's he's just like oblivious to what's going on. I just think it's a man like a like a descent into madness because, you know, it is. I don't. I don't know if you made it through the whole fucking song, but at the half. No, I didn't. I'll be honest. Okay. With you, I okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. There's, well, yeah, there's definitely it, a song there. Oh, okay. So then, after like three minutes of that fucking noise, right. Something happens. Yeah. Then, 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 then he starts. Okay. He starts singing, and, and it's kind of like a, a, a build up, you know. It, it just because I did hear singing during all those noises, though. Or was it a spoken word? I can't remember. To, to me, to me, listening to it, I, I get out of like like it's a TV or, or a movie playing in the background. But yeah, at, halfway through the song, he does start singing, and then it just keeps building up, and the lyrics get more and more, you know, uh, violent imagery and everything. Like the guy's just really about to fucking snap. Yeah, he's about to lose his shit. <laughs> yeah. So so in, in, in that case, you know, I, I think it is appropriate to to end the album that way. And, and kind of open-ended too, because you know, you know, did the guy lose his shit? You know, nothing's answered. You just know this guy's gonna do something, and it ain't good. But uh, yay, we're we're done with this shit. Yes, this was released May fourth, nineteen eighty-two. Uh, their first album produced by uh, Phil Thornley, and. They said they, you know, they went with a different producer because they wanted a whole different type of sound for this one, and they got it. <laughs> I mean, you can see the progression with the last two albums, but this is definitely something else. And uh, after this tour, the band kind of imploded. Simon Gallup left, and Robert Smith did uh, the album Blue Glove. Uh, uh, the band Blue Glove with the guy, another guy from Susie and the Banshees, but only to end up going back and redoing the cult. And uh, I mean the the cure, and been doing it ever since. So uh, yeah, thank you for picking this one, Nate. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Nate. Hey, you're welcome to both of you. I still and, think and, it's and, a and, great and, fucking and I, album. I want I want to thank I want to thank Ralph for stepping up because you don't know this was like 
this has been a sore subject since you picked it. <laughs> like, like yeah. Ralph, Ralph was really like, I couldn't believe it when he called me this morning, and he was in a good mood. I was like, wow, because this is the one. Like, we're, we've been trying to line up all these, and it's been a nightmare between our the problems we've been having with Ralph's computer, and then trying to line get everybody's schedule the same. I'm like, right. well, well, we can do that cure. Fuck that cure album. He's like, we're doing that shit last. Fuck that shit. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and then his attitude was he wasn't even going to listen. He was just going <laughs> to fucking rag on every song based on the title. Like what a piece of yeah. shit it was. And I was like, okay, fine. That's fine. We'll just do it that way. Just we'll get it over with. But then Ralph actually did listen to, well, apparently we can tell now at least parts of the songs. <laughs> I no, I, I no, I did listen to the whole thing, but during porn, pornography, I was like, "Oh, come on! Two hours, two minutes of this bullshit seemed like two hours. It seemed like one hundred years." I yeah, think. I knew that was coming. And and, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I was like, "Okay, I, I I see where this song's going." So, but, uh, but I did listen to the whole thing, and I ended up changing my mind as far as like not listening to them because it's Nate, you know, the guy who drove like ten hours to see me, you know. So see my band play. So how can I do that to him? It's like it was like five and a half, but I appreciate it. Well, yeah, that's fucking that's five and a half a long fucking hours, you know. And then you actually spent the night in a big city, and you're, you know, you're a country bumpkin. You're one of those people that rape people in the woods, like fucking deliverance. <laughs> I mean, you're not used to fucking New York, so you know, I, I really appreciate you know your your hillbilly ass coming out. I'll tell you what, uh, I was scared to death to go to that city. I live in a town that has no street lights. Um, if you have any light outside after dark, it's because you turned one on. We do fires and marshmallows and, you know, shoot shit off at night. I, I was scared to death to go to New York. While we're there, my attitude turned into, if I could find a job where I could make enough money, I would fucking live here. I was completely surprised by oh, the New whole York state. is awesome. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed I it. I love New York City. And, yeah, New York City is, believe it or not, man, Miami has way ruder people. New York really? City has a lot of cool people there, you know? And uh, I love New York City. I, I love going there. The only thing that keeps me away is the cold. Or else I would live there, you know? Yeah, I, I love the city. It's way it's better. I love, it. I love the vibe. I love the history. I love everything about New York City. It's like, actually, it's my favorite city. It's New York City. <clears throat> I love going there. I, I go there as much as I could, man. And I love playing there, too. Playing there is fucking awesome. Yeah, I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I did not expect to. Uh, I expected to hate it. It's too crowded, too busy. But I had a fucking ball. I actually didn't want to leave. It was just more a matter of I had to. I, I, I guarantee you, if you stayed there in two weeks, you'd be a gay liberal Jew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not get out of control here. Come, come on, Yardy. You know speaking of Jews, uh, we were in a Starbucks, and, it, and that's the only thing I hate about New York City. If I have one thing to hate about New York, it's Jews? Starbucks everywhere. God damn, Nate. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. God damn. No, Starbucks. Oh. I couldn't find Dunkin' Donuts anywhere. I hate fucking Starbucks. But, you know, I had to take a leak. We're walking around Manhattan. I love Manhattan. That place is great. But I take a leak, I buy my coffee, and this guy walks up to me, and I met my first real-life Woody Allen-type New York Jew. This guy was awesome. Up there in full beard, leather coat. You know, I got a Thrasher Die t-shirt on, my rings, my chains. This guy says, Jesus, that's a great beard. If I didn't know any better, I'd say you were orthodox. <laughs> <laughs> Love that guy. I was, I'll take that as a compliment. 
nice people. I thoroughly enjoyed the city. And, oh yeah, no, great. At that, at, that, at that point, Nate pulled him out of the oven, said, fuck it, I changed my mind. I like you people. <laughs> oh, come on, come on! <laughs> that is... Oh, shit. All right, well, thank you for joining us, and you know how it goes. Do you have a pick of the week, Nate? I do have a pick of the week. Aerosmith's Done With Mirrors is my pick of the week. I nice. love this album. You know, you know, start to finish, it's great. The only thing that bugs me about this album is I can't read the fucking cover whenever I'm looking at it. But I think it's, um, I, 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 I just think it's brilliant. I, I'm not a huge Aerosmith fan, but you know that the 70s, early 80s stuff I can really dig. Um, yeah, Double Mirrors, check it out. Nice, nice. Did you, you, you hear our episode on it? Yes, I did, actually. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, I love that album. Love that album. Ralph, yeah, Ralph not so much. All I do, no. I just look to the left and pulled an album out. <laughs> three, three, three songs. Three songs. I like. I love off that album. The rest is just. It's 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 Aerosmith's equivalent to the Elder, I think. It's the one that Ouch. that nobody really uh, knows, but the people that do love it, and I think they love it for legitimate reasons because they love all their song on it. But when you flip the coin around with the Elder, uh, Ian thinks we're all fooling ourselves by liking it because it didn't do so well. Oh fuck that! The elder's great. Oh god damn it! Why do you like it, Nate? <laughs> I love the fucking. Yeah, elder. this oh. is your people. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> sorry, no, sorry no. to hurt you that way because yeah, I love the elder and Sammy at the same time. But yeah, I love the elder. You, you, oh. know, you, you know what, Ralph? Though you you did bring up a, a point that really did make me think and reconsider. Uh, uh, how much I, I attack the elder fans because I was like, man, I think it's just, you know, you only like it, you know, a lot of people like it just because Ace is on it or, you know, just because it's so fucking weird. But you brought up a good point. If you were that blind, then you would like fucking Hot in the Shade because that's another one people almost universally hate. <laughs> All right, Ralph, you got a pick of the week? Yeah, it's not it's not an album, actually. I'm, okay. I want to, uh, I'm not a big fan of TV. Well, it's not that I'm a big fan. I don't have time to watch TV. But there's an, uh, a new episode that I've been watching a lot. It's on its third season. It started off very slow, but I'm such a big fan of Breaking Bad that oh, I had show. to watch uh, uh, Better Call Saul. So, you know, season one was slow, but, you know, you, you saw fucking uh, Mike shows up. And what was that name of that crazy guy, man, from uh, Breaking Bad? Uh, the guy, the drug dealer, whatever. He showed up on it. Then the second season, well, you know, picked up a little bit, but it wasn't too much. Man, this third season is kicking fucking ass. I need to check Gus it out. Is, I, I, I Gus love... is in the show. Yeah. Have you seen Breaking Bad, Ian? Uh, yes, I, I love Breaking Bad. I've seen every episode, but I haven't well, seen now, Better Call Saul Now yet. season three, you got Gus. Right. You got Mike. You got all the, you know, the guy, uh, his name Hector, the one that's in the wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gus, uh, that's the Pollo Loco person, right? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's, he's now... Uh, in season three and also uh it shows you how mike becomes uh his friend i mean they were enemies at first but they haven't become working with each other yet but you know because this is a precursor to breaking bad there's everything that happened before breaking bad 
And um, well, I might have to check this out because I love. Oh my god! I mean, you should watch season one and two, even though it is slow. It builds up for third season so good. But you got to remember, Breaking Bad was kind of the same. I mean, it wasn't as slow as Better Call Saul, but you know that fucking show picked up after. Yeah, those were the first. Like, that, that first season, it took a good four or five yeah. episodes for anything to even start. Uh, really I, I don't know, man. That one got me right away. But that's I've always wanted to learn how to make meth. He yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was sitting there with a pad of paper and a fucking pen, a sharpie, yeah. <laughs> writing shit down. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's getting it's starting to get into like how Breaking Bad got into the whole nail biting thing you know now you know season three is getting to the nail biting thing like i'm like oh man this is getting really good though it's not like breaking bad and that's what makes it so good it doesn't follow the formula of breaking bad it, it's its own story it's different michael mckeon's in the show and he kind of annoys me i hate him so much and that's a sign of a good actor you know <laughs> you know lenny lenny squiggy yes <laughs> spinal tap david said hubbin He's such a prick in the show, and I can't stand him. But that's good. Just right. like I couldn't stand, um, I couldn't, care, I couldn't stand Walter White after a while. You know, when he poisoned the kid and all that shit, I started hating the guy. But that's what makes a great actor, you know. So, uh, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Better Call Saul. It's only on season three, and and I'm telling you, season three so far is so good, but it doesn't have that punchline yet. There's a lot of things going on that you know it's heading for something really fucked up and awesome so i'm like uh, as we're taping this i i believe we're probably in the middle or close to the middle of season three and it is kicking ass and, and let me tell you something i watching better call Saul. i gotta say now in retrospect thinking back at breaking bad i think mike is the most badass character in the world with that dead fish eye look he has and shit. He's just so cool and so quiet, but he's so smart at the same time. And and I think he's even better in Better Call Saul than he was in... Because uh, he's got more screen time and he does a lot of fucking crazy shit, you know? So Better Call Saul is my pick of the week. All right. I'm, I'm going to have to check that shit out. All right. Now, my pick of the week has to do with the band we talked about today. and uh, And that's The Cure. And my pick is the compilation album, Standing on the Beach. And it's oh, all the singles. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this this is a, a, a great album for people who, like, may, maybe if you want to take a chance. You know, I, I definitely wouldn't recommend this album be the first one you buy. But if, if you, you know, when Ralph does add the music to this, if you hear anything that you like uh and and you're you're a little you know curious or what ralph would consider bi-curious uh check out this one i I think it gives a good overview of the first you know from the first album through head on the door era cure and uh there's a lot of good songs in there that that weren't uh on albums so it's a good one to pick up because it's a lot of stuff that you know you you have to get on that so i and uh I, i think it's just a great album period and, and normally I'm not a greatest hits guy, but I think that's a, it's just a great album with a great flow. Standing on oh, the yeah. beach. So, so this head on the door, has that ever influenced you to tell a guy, hey, back up and lean against the door? Yeah. Yes. And then you give him a head? <laughs> yeah, but he had Coke. It was okay. Yeah. Very influential. Very influential. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, it's time for Fan of the Week. It's Fag time. of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> has Ralph just rebranded it? 
And you're with us in the studio, Nate. Holy shit, what you've, I mean, what you've been to the show, period. And and weird, uh, weirdly enough, it is exactly one year from the last time you were here, because this is the anniversary of the death of Nick Menza, and the last time we were recording uh, was when he died. Wow, what a coincidence. So yeah. so, yeah, Nate was here, right, when we did that. Yeah, yeah, because you guys told me at the end of the episode. Yeah. I, I had no idea because I woke up, and again, it was it was, on a, <coughs> it was on a Sunday. I woke up late just in time to do the review, so I hadn't gone on Blabbermouth, and uh, I think Nate just mentioned it, and I was like, what? And, and then I saw something wow. today on Blabbermouth that, you know, that people were doing, uh, uh, some members from Megadeth were doing some things to honor, you know, the year year it's been since his death and i was like holy shit that's the last time nate was on the show that's yeah i uh i actually i that's my best youtube video was the nick medza things (laughs) it's got the most views i remember that so so mark it on mark it on your calendar ralph a a year from now we're gonna have to do another album with bushy Yeah, but he ain't picking. Say, I ain't paying next time, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, and you ain't picking either. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Ralph says you might pay double. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I would drop that fat bake on next time. See, what can I really aggravate him with? <laughs> and, I, and, and and let me just take a moment to say how how much I love uh, love Nate. I mean, he does uh, so much for you know so much support for my band for everything he does even my little side projects he's always like you know the first one to buy shit when i get it and he, you know he drove five and a half hours to see us and he is a genuine fan because like even as fucking drunk and crazy as he, he was at the show i saw he was all the way up front he knew all the fucking words and he was really into it and i really do appreciate anybody that's that much into my band you know and nate's not the only one but he's one of the one of my favorite ones, you know. I, I really do appreciate everything you've done for my band, Nate, and, and uh, you know, and how you spread the word and how you, you know, wear the shirts and buy my, you know, how many copies of, of uh, Melting Your Soul do you own? Like four or five, right? I have more copies of uh, Poser, but I have. Oh, wow. On Melting Your Skull, I got the vinyl, I've got the uh, CD, and the digital download. I, I bought it on <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's yeah. another thing. He, he actually downloaded digitally be- while while my shit was being sent to him. Yeah, it, it, was, it, it wasn't getting here fast enough, so. <laughs> yeah, so he downloaded it before it got to his house, which is too fucking cool. And I and I do thank you. So he's not only a fan of uh, the week on the podcast, but he's a fan of the week and a fan of the year. One of my favorite. And I don't like using the word fan. I'm sorry, Ian. but you know, he, you're a friend, and you're you you support my band, and I really, really do uh, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, all you need is that tattoo, bro, and I can like you more than all those, those other six people that got a treasure eye tattoo, which are much better than you, by the way. But you know, other than that, they're, they're you're, you're fucking awesome. And I think <laughs> I saw those pictures you posted. They're awesome. I, I, I'm thinking about it. Tats are expensive, man. Yeah, well, you know, just fucking hold off on the seventeenth anniversary of fucking uh, or seventeenth issue of pornography and just get a tattoo and stop buying this stupid album over and over again. You've heard, you guys got to hook me up with Mister X to give me the rest of the discography anyway. You hold yeah, out, well, Mister. Yeah, yeah, okay. We'll, uh, we'll Miss, talk to Mister X would be happy to do that. Yeah, Mister X will hook you up. He's a good guy. Mister X is another guy that we should have fan of the week at one time, one point or the other. <laughs> Once he stops like crying over fucking gay shit like pornography. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's a great album. That's the that's the by a three piece band, man. Rush couldn't do that. <laughs> oh, give me a break. You're gonna you're actually gonna <laughs> fucking compare Rush to this crap? Oh, only because I do it would elicit the response I was looking for. You you don't like Rush, <laughs> uh, Nate? Uh, uh I, I'd take him or leave him. Okay. No, well, it makes sense. If a person that doesn't like Rush uh, would would fucking love this. Oh, oh shit. Uh, All right, let's get to the plugs. Listen to the rock show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's Gully G U L L Y A N D J O A dot UK. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The rock show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it, don't be a cunt. Earpillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear. Go to earpeeler.com to find out what we're all about. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comments on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. All right, KISS Army. Since 2007, you've been getting PodKissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your PodKissed. Every month, the PodKissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great kiss fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to Podkiss. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey, everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Music's most diverse podcast. Starring Luke Innes, Greg Simp Bootlegs and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watched It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, well, if you liked this episode, or if you at least liked it more than Ralph, come back next week 
when one of you crazy sons of bitches picks something else for us to review. What it is, I have no idea yet, but Ralph hopes it's something better than this. Find out yeah, next and, week. And if anybody did like uh, this album, The Cure, please never listen to us again. I hate you. I love <laughs> you, though. Come back next week. Yeah, come rock- back for Ian. <laughs> uh, the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.